0: Hi everybody, this is Jim Cornette, the pro wrestling legend, and you're listening to the Attitude Era Podcast. Do you feel any responsibility at all for the demise of world championship wrestling? You know, Mike, let let, me explain something to you, because that question gets brought up a hundred of times. Do do you understand, I was actually writing the television at WCW for nine months. Do you understand that, Mike? Nine months. You tell me, how long was WCW in existence? How many years, Years. Mike? How many years? Many years. 10 years? 15 years? And you mean to tell me, you're stupid enough to believe that in nine months, Vince Russo put that out of business? Well, Well, you know what? If I did, maybe it deserved to go out of business then you know what i think it was a very salvageable project at that time no question look at the talent salvageable. that WCW had look at the talent bill goldberg all the great cruiserweights that we had Kevin Nash and why Lewis was I on brought on. in Mike? I was brought in because the product was in the shitter I was brought in because the eyeballs weren't watching but the show So let anymore. me ask you they do? So they brought in the most successful writer in the history of the business me that's why I was brought in so let's start there
1: Hello everyone, you're listening to the Attitude Era Podcast. Russo episode special fever <laughs> extravaganza. Hello everyone, once again I'm Kevin Mann. Join as I am always in this review of the... <laughs> review the attitude I really? Not are. really. now, no. Joining no. us, I'm always in this retrospective and critique, perhaps, of one Mr. Vincent Russo, first of all, Adam Swervolo, Swervolo, That's what we're going with. Swervolo. Okay. It's the yeah. mother of all Swervolos.
2: There we go. Perfect. yeah. <laughs> How the you context.
1: doing? Uh, I'm well, thanks.
2: I've, I probably like uh, people have seen me earlier on Twitter. I was giving out today. The, <laughs> about yeah.
1: this paper view. Did you have a nice Sunday watching Bash at the Beach No, I mean, you
2: you may have heard that I was just flustered over my words completely that. I don't know what to say about this. This is really messing me today.
1: Well, you know, it's, uh, it's gonna be interesting to say the least. And to my left, the baddest man
3: on the planet worked shoot Keeble. I'll go for that. Wow. (laughs) Big stretch, but I'll go for that. How are you, Billy? Um, I'm not bad. Looking forward to talking about 2K-Dub-C-Dub <laughs> 2K-Dub-C-Dub. <WCW. laughs>
1: Do you have a uh, overall uh, fun time watching the show in preparation for the evening? I don't know. I was surprised on many levels by this pay-per-view. Well, you want to talk about being out of our element collectively. I mean, I've watched... You know, I've watched my fair share of WCW, I've watched you know, some of the big pay-per-views, you know, Starcades, uh, you know, notable events, I've watched a shitload of WCW matches, I went through a phase of watching a lot of Nitro, but this is the first, like, start to finish, sit down, watch the whole thing I think I've done of a WCW pay-per-view in years, and it's the first ever Russo WCW pay-per-view I have sat down and reviewed. We are a little out of our element here tonight, so I think we said in the previous episode, but it's worth mentioning again, the (laughs) format of uh, this episode will be slightly different. We're not going to be calling it Move for Move we are not going to maybe go into much in-depth analysis of the characters because there's so many people who we're only seeing here this one time. Yeah. Because it is a one-time deal, this. So forgive us on that front. Adam, you've never seen any WCW before at this moment. Never. I've seen clips and
3: little bits and pieces, but I've never watched a full show before. And Billy, you have never watched WCW at all before. Well, I, I've, I've watched, um, with you, I've watched Best of Nitro. Oh, okay, that is going to be completely different. You know from more the than me, then probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've got I've got good news for you
1: guys. You're Vince Russo's target audience. This is perfect. This pay per view is just for you. Catch your attention, get you hooked, get you watching Nitro. We'll see how well that works. Okay, well, before we get into the meat of the pay per view, we need to discuss Mr. Vince Russo's uh, unceremonious exit from the WWF. He basically was with them one moment, and then the next day he was signed with WCW. It's kind of shocking. Uh, we're going to review Rebellion coming soon, Adam. Yeah. And basically, at Rebellion, Vince Russo stayed at home, and while, you know, he was saying, oh, he just couldn't make the show. And while they were off delighting us with Rebellion, Vince Russo was actually inking his deal for WCW. Two years, $2.5 million. Jesus. He was going to have. Full creative control, he was about to bring in his own people, so Ed Ferreira was going with them. 2.5 million. Wow. Now, I never got the exact salary for WWF, but it was six figures. It certainly wasn't millions. Yeah, that's insane. Now, what do you guys think of this whole... I mean, Vince Russo was a huge part of the product, obviously. I mean, he was the head writer, and then all of a yeah. sudden he's just like, see ya, in the middle of like a big hot streak.
2: It's pretty traitorous, isn't it? Like, that's... No way to treat the company that's been kind of good to you for the past year or so. I mean, well, you're they, two weeks notice, kind of. Yeah. Well, he could have, you know. I don't know. It just seems weird that he wanted to jump ship to WCW anyway. But I suppose the deal that big. I guess anyone would have kind of jumped ship for that, wouldn't they?
3: Yeah. You'd think though that the WWF would want to try and keep him to a degree, well, considering like he's had chance, his bad points. He's had his bad points in Attitude Era. Where we are in the timeline at the moment, he's he, like you said, he's had a hot streak. He's, yeah. He's, the last couple of pay-per-views have been pretty, pretty good.
1: And this isn't like when Hogan or Brett or Nash left when, you know, times were tight. Mm. Vince probably could have matched that. Yeah. But I don't think Vince McMahon was ever going to live with himself if he was paying a rider 2.5 million a year. Really interesting fact about this as well. Because I think it is kind of scummy just to leave. Even though there is, you know, no one really ever gives two weeks notice in, yeah. in wrestling or whatever. Vince Russo never had a contract with WWF. Did he really? Never. He was just he was originally a freelancer and then he was made the editor of the magazine and then he started writing some promos and then he became creative and then became head of creative all that time like, five or six years, no contract. Wow. So That's silly on WWF. Yeah. That's 12. silly for you, WWF, if he's apparently the golden goose and you're not going to like have him locked into a contract. You never hear folks doing that nowadays. <clears throat> TNA, MVP. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they don't even lock him in at all, do they? Like? No. Good lord. Russo, as well, he cited the reasons for leaving, was that, one, he had recently got an 8.5, which is, like, one of the highest, I think, the highest rating ever for the... Mankind and Rock, this is your life yeah. segment. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Classic, long, lengthy television. Yeah. Uh, but nothing to do with wrestling, you could argue. <laughs> and Russo claims, I mean, this is the man's opinion. He thought that, you know, he'd done everything he could do. He's never going to top that. When he joined WWF, they had shit ratings. Mm. And then they, he went up to where they were. And they have now they had awesome ratings. So he's like, okay, done all kind of here. These people are going to give me a lot of money. They have shit ratings. Around the same that. WWF had when he joined and he's like I can do the same thing two yeah. years that's all I it took me it. Um, yes. well, well we'll see how he gets on with <laughs> yeah. that Russo came into WCW after being at WWF as the sole writer he was the head guy used he with Ed Ferreira it lasted for a little bit then he was given the heave ho he was told he was going to be put on a committee he hated that idea he didn't want to work in a committee he thought it was an awful idea he thought it was breach of contract and he would get out of his contract he was looking forward to that and then he said <laughs> alright no new idea which was ...Russo and Bischoff working together... Mm. ...and that's where we got you know, the reset with the, the new Blood Angle... ...and right, okay, everyone, right. all the titles being vacated and all yeah. that... ...Russo claims he still wrote the bulk of the show... ...but Bischoff was a consultant... Okay, ...and his main problem with Bischoff throughout this period was that... ...instead of being that Vince McMahon filter which was... ...okay I've got the script, this looks good but maybe do this, this and this... Yeah. ...and helping refine it and steer it in the right direction... After the show, Bischoff, why did it would go? Why did you do this? Why did you do that? After the show, after the fact, yeah. and that is not the help that Vince Russo clearly needs. Definitely not. Yeah. Alrighty, it's time to get settled in and review the first WCW pay per view from the Attitude Era podcast. It's Bash at the Beach 2000. Uh... Hey,
4: Steve,
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. go get the 50 animal and the MIA, okay. Listen in action, huh? Yeah, go get those guys. And yeah. yeah, I want you to tell the guy the commissioner said, do not get anywhere near that Greenside during the cruise away
4: match tonight, okay? Okay, smooth yeah. and handle hey, that for listen. you. Listen, tell them they banned from Greenside tonight during yeah. the cruise
0: good. away. Smooth and yeah. handle
4: that for you. Man, what a nice deal.
0: Did, did you leave the radio on or something? Oh,
4: good music. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Hey, hey y'all, what's up? Listen, I, I don't have Hello, I do not have time to play today, okay? Just calm out We'll do it later on, okay? I just don't have time. <laughs> well, Commissioner Cat in his first pay-per-views commissioner may not have the time, but the young dragons have the time. And here comes the catters, we're ready for Badge of the Beach.
1: Bash at the Beach, 2000. Opening us up there, Ernest the Cat Miller, who is our commissioner, gets attacked by ninjas.
3: That, that's how we start this pay-per-view. Done. I know what we're doing, I'm oh, Done. We go home. That's it, you That's know. it.
1: done, Seriously. I'm
3: finished. Two hours and 50 minutes more of this, yes yeah. please. Start as you mean to
1: go on. Seriously. Ernest the Cat Miller gets attacked by ninjas. Yep.
2: What? Good omen, that's a good omen for this evening, isn't it? What? <laughs> Now, obviously, we don't watch WCW. We don't have the full context. But this is no fucking way to open a pay-per-view. This is the first thing
1: we see. No logos, no opening package. Just ninjas. Ernest and Cat and Miller. Yeah. I love Ridiculous. that. It's, like, it's so like, hey guys, WWF don't give you what you really want. Ninjas! <laughs> I love ninjas as much as the next Everyone man. Everyone loves ninjas. But... Really? Ernest the Cat Miller attacked by ninjas? Yeah, they're not even like wrestling. They're assaulting an off screen character. Just like slapping him. Ernest the Cat Miller, who I referred to tonight, takes the role of Mumble the Mumble Mumbler. I can't hear a word he's saying. (laughs) Speak up! Seriously. Oh my god, it's awful. And uh, speaking of poor as well, that nice opening video. Mm. Good lord, WWF production, it ain't. WCW is. Straight off the bat, you can tell. Production values aren't there. The money is there, but the money is spent on talent and fucking pyro. It's not spent on good cameramen, Good lighting. No, there is any, no production values. That wasn't shocking. an opening
2: package. That was like a loading screen for the pay-per-view or something. It was so fucking <laughs> basic.
1: A loading screen. <laughs> it was rough going. Yes. But all right, we're going to try and take this as it comes and see if we can match up some of the, uh, you know, the, the tropes or the tenets of Vince Russo's writing style throughout the pay-per-view tonight and see if we can maybe come to some sort of fair, reasonable conclusion about Vince Russo's time here and his ten as a whole as a writer. All righty, starting things off. Cruiserweight title is on the line. It's Hoovy Two Guerrera, the juice, taking on what was it, Lieutenant Loco? Yeah. It's Chavo yeah, Guerrero. Basically Chavo anticipating this one because i think i've mentioned a few times to you guys all throughout the late the mid to late 90s wcw had the ace in their hole the whole time yeah yeah, which was the cruiserweights benoit malenko jericho hoovi psychosis eddie guerrero even they had amazing wrestlers and they always managed to steal ratings because you'd switch over and there'd be two mexican wrestlers having a war that you just wouldn't see in wwf i was excited for this one I wasn't excited to start off with because I didn't realise what was
2: going on. I mean, immediately the presentation difference here is really making it hard for me to figure out certain elements of this. Like, I didn't even realise it was a one-on-one match to start off with. I thought it was a <laughs> some sort of big yeah. team brawl. Yeah. Because the the, the filth is it
3: the filthy animals. Is that what the filthy animals? I wrote fil- down the angry
2: lads for them. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch the name. I was, like...
3: the filthy animals in brackets, a group of cunts. Yeah, <laughs> so basically. I came out and just said whoop de whoop jig what. Yeah. And then they appeared to have some sort of just conversation, which you'd normally see in the back. Guerrera! In my
0: opinion, he's not the champ. He didn't win the title. So what? He walked out with it just past week. Oh, that please, does not mean please, please, professional. All right. Arriba la raza. Yeah, boy. Whoop whoop, jigga what? Whoop de whoop, jigga what? Yo Vanessa, you like this shot? Go ahead, feel. That's enough. Yeah, that's enough. All right, Hooby, you got some gold on you. That's cool. We need to keep crackulating and marinating. Pop our collars, Discord Ray. You guys need to go after the tag titles because we got parties to go to, girls to see, and people to get filthy on.
3: Oh, you know, do this. Gonna get some girls. You're about you know. to wrestle now. We're, we're about to start clicking our fingers and start singing.
1: <laughs> what I wrote down was your man from
2: MasterChef is awful talking. <laughs> and then not the oddities come out as well. And I thought, well, there's two teams here. We're gonna have some sort of two team. So did you call them the oddities? Not the oddities. Not real. the oddities. <laughs> uh, and then like there's a guy. The commentators are talking while the entrance music is playing, and also a guy is cutting a promo in the ring at the same time. And cacophony <laughs> of noise. I couldn't understand anything that was going on to start off with. No, it's
1: crazy because. It's- it's basic direction. Yeah. yeah. Hey, announcer, shut up. The ring announcer is doing the intro. Yeah. The, or like, hey guys, someone in the ring is cutting a promo. Turn down their music. I was gonna say. I yeah, thought it's... my TV was broken. Yeah.
2: So it's, <laughs> it's the audio levels on this that are the most shocking. I'm just gonna get out, get this out of the way with now because it's a fucking recurring thing all night the audio mixing is awful on this. The music's too loud, so you can't hear what the announcers are saying. Uh, Sometimes you can't even hear the actual commentators, because the ambient sound's up too high as well. It's it's ridiculous. It's all over the place. I
1: was looking forward tonight because our announcers are Scott Hudson, Tony Schiavone, the man who passion forgot, and uh, (laughs) Mark Madden, who had the pleasure of being the replacement at the request of Vince Russo, of Bobby the Brain Heenan. You replaced... Alright, I'll tell you this right now. Bobby the Brain Heenan, a Sleep is better than all three of these men combined. I don't care that he was burnt out. I don't care that he had no. He didn't care about the product. Bobby Heenan, with his back turned to the to the action, is yeah. better than these guys. But because of the audio mixing, I barely picked up on anything the whole night. Mm. So it's not an issue anyway. So it's though. not really, I suppose. Yeah. yeah.
3: Well, when when you see them for the first time, like, I couldn't remember their names because a load of new names I have to remember. Yeah. So I just remembered them as Fat Michael Stipe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! A. <laughs> hey, uh,
3: a wax statue of Dante from Clerks. <laughs> <Wax statue. laughs> and, a, and the bloated corpse of a drowned pig. Jesus, <laughs> that, Billy. That's how I remembered them throughout the night. Whoa. Wow.
1: Okay. Just let you know, that lad Mark Madden, the uh, commentator there at the end, we're never going to you know, come across it ourselves, thankfully, but you do see him wear out his shirt a few times. Oh. Yeah. Also, he wrestled Mean Gene Oakland. Moving on. Jesus. <laughs> Automatically, yeah, I felt... That I was not only hit with all this cacophony of noise, hmm. but a lot of storyline as well. Yeah. We've got commentators going, "M.I.A. They're banned from ringside because a couple of weeks ago on Thunder they involved in an altercation with." Yeah, it's, it's slow down slow down it's breezing through all the storylines which it, it again is now it's like right if you're trying to catch viewers alright have catchy storylines you are got to make someone just come across this and go oh I might enjoy this yeah. WCW no one's going to go wow this seems really complicated I better watch loads to find out what it means well it's not
2: necessarily the complications as much as the way the announcers are just talking about it. it's like so then yeah after that happened you'll remember that uh what was it next you know it's like they're just basically just running through they the don't team. even yeah. remember yeah, for exactly a there's no theory, real like. passion
1: about the storyline and because of that because you've got You haven't got a strong presence announcing, or a strong presence producing the announcers, at least. The the key points of the story, the stuff that you're meant to know... It gets dropped by the wayside. How did Unforgiven start? Fucking Stone Cold's not here tonight, but there's a six-pack challenge, and Vince McMahon has said this, the refs are on strike. Straight away, you give me my little fucking catch-up, I'm like, okay, I know where I stand. I can watch this. You take that level of exposition for granted, don't you? You You really do. how important it is to wrestling. Oh my God, it's so necessary. When the bell rings in this one, we get one of my favourite lines of the night. The bell has sounded in this sports entertainment bout. <laughs> <laughs> Lame. All right, that is Vince McMahon's words. Yeah. And WCW is known for being, it's meant to be the old school, the wrestling, the real yeah. wrestling. Not sports entertainment. And they say it every night. Is he going to be able to sports entertain after tonight, Adam? He's one of the greatest sports entertainers in the history of this sport. Are you, entertainment. Not, <laughs> Are you not sports entertained? <laughs> They dick around for quite a bit starting this match, but once they actually start going, I quite enjoyed a lot of the in-ring action. Quick stuff, minimal botches, high-flying. It was Lucha Libre, and I enjoyed it uh, Mm. at the start. But it's interesting having this, because this is in grand defiance of our first... Vince Russo, is that is that lame? Yeah, that that works. That that works. works I was going to say Ten Commandments of Vince Russo, but these aren't exhaustive or in any sort of order. Um, Russo's rules with Doctor Steve Russo. I think yeah, (laughs) Russo's rules. Eight simple rules for dating my Russo. (laughs) Vince Russo and cruiserweights Vinnie Rue was very much of the opinion, as you saw in WWF, that Cruiserweights weren't a draw. No one wanted to see Lucha Moocha Smoocha, whatever you call that out there. <laughs> he was very much against that, apparently. He wasn't part of his booking style. Mainly because you can tell Vince Russo isn't a man who likes in-ring wrestling. Yeah. But I love the fucking Cruiserweights. And I feel yeah. like WCW are taking away something that... It's special about your company. Yeah, exactly.
2: You don't get this in WWF as uh, as much, and so it's one of the few
1: gimmicks that WCW has to its name, and it's like, no, this is what we do, no one else does this, we do it. It's like someone coming into DCW and saying, alright, we're not going to hit women anymore. It's like with the <laughs> wrestling. Yeah, it's like, you know, hey, that blatant, you know, horrible stuff is what makes us special, but you know. Um, and that ties in nicely to the other rule of Russo, which is apparent racism. I mean, this is literally true what happened. Vince Russo was actually had a lawsuit filed against him from workers in WCW accusing him of racism. The main guy of which was Sonny Ono, who would have been uh, one of the bigwigs helping them with their Japanese wrestling connection. And, like, Russo denies it up and down. I think it's crazy to say that he is racist because he doesn't think... he, He doesn't think a Mexican wrestler could get over. Right. Or a Japanese wrestler could get over. Okay. And he's like, right, I'm Joe Blow. I tune into Nitro. And there's a dude with a mask speaking a different language. I can't, in any conceivable form, get behind him because he's got a mask so I can't make an emotional connection yeah. with him. And he doesn't speak my language. Yeah. And he sneaked across our borders. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, think it's crazy to go
2: as far as to say it's racist. It's more narrow-minded and also yeah. cynical as well to think they wouldn't get over.
1: He's got a very sh- small, closeted view of what can get over in wrestling. Yeah. I mean, if you if you honestly think that you know a luchador or a, a Japanese wrestler can't get over, I mean, f- look look at like, Tajiri in WWE. He was crazy over. Oh yeah, it in this big period time. Of time. I mean, look at Masato Tanaka in ECW. There's loads of examples. Like fucking Eddie Guerrero. I yeah. mean, you know the Rey whole Guerrero family. The grows. I really disagree with that, but I think the fact that he got sued for racism maybe helped improve his point yeah. more than anything else uh, the crowd are quite hot I've noticed for, for this match yeah. and most matches even though they're not given much reason to be hot
2: yeah uh, you actually explained to me earlier why the crowd might be so uh, rowdy
1: so to speak Explain. oh yeah well uh, WCW uh, like nitro parties and things like that they would give out free beer Jesus. Yeah. uh, This is the same building where they ran the Bash of the Beach 1996, which is where the NWO were formed. You know when Hogan turned heel. Uh, Kevin Sullivan in a shoot interview said, "You know that that building is. This is the same building we're in tonight." He goes, "There's like 40 bars within a one mile radius." You know the people going into this, they weren't going to church before they came into this. (laughs) You know that's why you've got if anything fucking remotely happens that they're not happy with stuff gets thrown. The crowd are constantly like. You see them looking at the time trying to get seen. They're, yeah. they're loud, but they're they're not real wrestling fans, are they? <laughs> they're, they're drunks. <laughs> it's a frat party, <laughs> yeah. Multiplied by a thousand, the filthy animals come out and then leave. Yep. Then yep. the Minfits in action come out, and the lady distracts Hooven to Guerrero. Oh, that's not stable, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, not yeah. stable. Yeah. Major guns. Major guns. <laughs> it, it's it's like they make a big deal, it's like, oh the filthy animals, they're banned here for ringside tonight. Filthy animals come out wearing masks. <laughs> MIA, they're they're not allowed out here tonight. They come out in masks as well. Like, ha 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we get this happens so many times tonight. Alright, you know, Major Guns comes up and she distracts Hoovies. All right, okay, finish is coming. But yeah. no, the referee is distracted as well. Chavo only gets a two count. That is a finish. Yeah. Right there. Right there. Then Hubie gets hits his finisher, clean in the middle of the ring. That is another finish. Yep. kick out no No. okay still not done tornado DDT Chavo finally wins oh it's just like out of nowhere though it's a best of three finishes and the last finish just wasn't particularly like it didn't have much of a pop to it it was just a move and then a pin I'm surprised that the WCW lads didn't fare better during the invasion considering it takes multiple finishers running to (laughs) screw to fell even someone like Hooven 2 (laughs) Guerrero an opening contest performer men of courage men of steel (laughs) First thoughts then, then you that's your first taste of WCW. In a nutshell, you're getting a lot of things there, you're getting the cruiserweights, you're getting yeah. the screwy finishes. What yeah. did you think? The action
2: was good, but almost all of it was just nonsense and really hard for me to take in. Like I just felt like I was floundering around just trying desperately to hang on to something I can concentrate on, but it was just a big wash of colours and noises that I couldn't get my head around.
3: I, I agree with Adam, like the, the actual wrestling, it was good. Uh, but everything around it, you know that you can tell that Russo is is trying to be Trying to replicate what he was doing in WWF. Mm-hmm. you know, Major Guns comes out and she's got a got a bombs away written on her boot. She is yeah. just she and, is you know, able She yeah, is, she stable is stable. and you know, having the screwy finishes and mm. the distractions, and then you're not allowed to come out of ringside tonight, which guarantees you're going to come out of yeah. ringside tonight. It's, it's just a weird, it's loads of stuff happening all at once.
1: Yeah, and it's something as well which you might think about is the fact that this format, this template, I, you're just finding it doesn't work in one WCW just as the the framework of the company as a whole. It's just not a fit because the wrestlers have a different style the agents have got a different mentality. The prime directive is different. It just doesn't work, like, no. you know. It's it's a it's a different beast, and you can't use the same rules. We cut to backstage.
0: I really like you guys, man. I'm telling you, you guys are great. Thunder was a good show. You guys did a good job. You job? Yeah. Wait a minute. Maybe you guys don't understand the words that are coming out of my mouth. You guys did a good job on Thunder, but it's over. good yeah? job yeah. No, man, no. Cat, where the h- is Hogan at? Listen, I saw what you pulled in the last week, but I'll deal with that later. I want to know where Hogan's at. I've got screaming Mimi here, and every time she woke out of catering, I had her practicing her do Ray mis I didn't come here to lay on the beach. I came here to triple and retire Hulk Hogan. Now, where's he at? Man, listen here. Hogan's not here, man. I'm going to have you
3: somebody else. But Hogan going to be here tonight. He
1: better be. He but better produce his game. The first of many times this evening. As a matter of fact, it's one of our rules of Russo. Another simple rule for dating my Russo. <laughs> which is backstage segments. WCW had a scant few of these. Uh, you would see maybe guys in the parking lot then and then again. Yeah. But in terms of lengthy backstage segments, as in, we're back in the office. or are back in, you know, the the locker room. This was some of the interviews that did in loads, and we see it so much tonight.
2: But they just feel like little. They're like thirty seconds long each of them. It's like you're getting a little tidbit of a scene almost. And then again, yeah. the audio is really quiet, so you can't tell what they're saying. You've got no idea what's going on.
1: Ernest mumbles a little bit. Then the ninjas reappear. One of them goes, "Jab!" and then Double J comes in. He has got a fat lady. Yeah he she's going to sing. for
3: fuck's sake it's, it's, it's screaming mimi the valkyrie oh oh the fat lady bravo gonna
2: sing. oh bravo. my god mr russo i gotta <laughs> say uh,
3: you
1: were <you laughs> the finest place sir and the academy awards for greatest storyline ever goes to vince russo fuck me guys come on you I mean, as well it's like again the production values Cat is meant to be the commissioner the booker mm. he's in a fucking set from a porno like <laughs> seriously one stiff blow of that fat lady if she blew on that desk it would disintegrate like <laughs> oh it's so bad yeah Rubbish. Good to see Double J's landing on his feet though. WCW. He is the world champion.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: He's the uh, the big fish in the little pond, so to speak.
3: Good, good for him. Uh, when when we cut back to the uh, the next match, Mark Madden. At this point, uh, after we've just had Jeff Jarrett come in with the the, 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 late, the fat lady, he's going to sing. Yeah. Cut to uh, cut to the ring. to see, what do you think of that storyline developing in the back? Oh, oh. for fucks! <laughs> Piss off. And there's yeah. a lot. Breaking kayfabe, or just just not even breaking. Break, breaking the even, fourth kayfabe, mate. Not even breaking kayfabe, just just throwing it out the window, just saying is no this kayfabe. is not real. You are watching wrestling. It is yeah. not real. Remember, it is not real.
1: Alrighty, we've got the Godfather taken. Sorry, Vito taken on. Throw down, Big Daddy Vito. <laughs> Vito, you know, who is actually one of Billy's favorite wrestlers.
3: Yeah, I, I remember Vito in the dress days. Yeah. And uh, I was always a fan of him. Don't know why. I, I, can't, I literally can't remember his, his finisher, <laughs> any moves he used to do. I don't Ball bloke in a dress <laughs> I can get behind that <laughs> I like I like your
1: style there
3: I um, know
2: nothing about this Vito guy actually this, this is one of the people that you know a lot more of than me about Billy
3: base of, a, base
1: of a journeyman really is what you mostly like you call him he was in ECW for a bit he was in WCW for Agents he was with the Mamelukes you know, he was he was in WCW during like a down period, admittedly. So he's not really that well remembered. He came into WWE, then he was a backup guy for Nunzio. Again, it was just like the Mama Luke's type gimmick, right. you know, just wise guys and then there was a plan to turn i don't remember orlando jordan uh he was like bradshaw's chief of staff oh yeah yeah there, he was he's a real life uh, bisexual and there was a plan of course once the, the writers heard about this to do an angle where he like of
3: course yeah of course <laughs> where he like had a
1: stable like and it was all like oh blurred lines mate um, oh my but basically what happened was this, this the storyline started with him backstage saying oh I, I saw your man Vito there who's a big tough guy I like i saw him at this you know club i was at mm. now jordan nothing happened with him he got released but then all of a sudden fucking big vo's coming out in a dress and to his credits he wore that fucking dress in airports walking around wow he, he lived the gimmick <laughs> you gotta live the gimmick when your main event in velocity brother oh. all righty so it is Vito taking on ralphus and norman smiley actually we could consider this another rule of russo so to speak any old fucker can wrestle. Seriously, yeah. We got fucking Corey and uh, Fat
2: Phil Collins from the Trailer Park Boys here. Tiger, <laughs> who are these two jabronis? Like, it makes me sad seeing this fat old man, like with his belly hanging out. I think, oh no, you've got like grandkids. Please go and sit down somewhere.
1: Of course, Ralfus, you know, shot to fame with Jericho's amazing antics in WCW at the time, yeah, a year or two prior to this. But yeah, he's just been used in storylines, and Russo just has this big thing in his head whether it's him, David Arquette any old randomer in the back, yeah, of course, it's 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 not real. Anyone can go out there. It yeah. doesn't matter if the match stinks if you don't care about match quality because Russo's not booking the matches. He's just like, yeah, right. that's true. And you feel bad here because Vito's competent hand. Norman Smiley, like, one of the fucking most endearing journeyman wrestlers ever. I mean, he's he's been around the block. He's like a jobber for a li- lot. He was a jobber for life, but he had a job for life because he was good. Yeah. And... These lads are just. Are you, Ralphus? Fucking the mustard tiger is going to come in here? And then. That's <laughs> Bruce. I was like, yeah, you guys, because I'm not an agent. I'm not a wrestler. I've never been wrestler I can't write this. You, you fucking figure it out. Yeah, you do put. It <laughs> you put some fucking 600 pound lad with broken bones and fucking diabetes in the ring. <laughs> Poor fellow. I
3: actually looked it up who Ralphus was and, uh, but and before. You know, you started being an... Uh, he a, like the he was a driver. Yeah. He was one of the drivers. Oh. And then they just saw him, was like, this fat bloke, let's put him through a table. Oh. And then just put him out there. But hey, putting
1: Ralphus wandering around backstage with Jericho. Funny. Mm-hmm. Gold. I think that's brilliant. Putting Ralphus in a 10-minute match for yeah. a belt as well. This is for the hardcore title. You know, I think that's just stupid. And of course, this is another thing which Russo brings over as well, which is giving WCW a hardcore division, which it really didn't have... Much to speak of before, and now there's an emphasis on the hardcore belt, the most meaningless title that has ever yeah, existed. That, that, that
2: feels very bolted on considering, like, you know, WWF had their hardcore division. That's their thing. WCW have their light heavyweight division. Like, you know, that makes sense to keep the two separate, but I mean, this obvious bastardization of the WWF's idea is just
1: nowhere near as it's good It's a train wreck of a match. They just go backstage, and it's just, again, production values, like, the props aren't there, no. the thought is not there. Ralph just stands there. He's standing there, like, looking into the camera, going, I don't know. There's one specific... You figure it, it out. i meant to be
2: driving a truck. Yeah, he's, he's hitting Vito over the head with, like, a steel pan, and he hits him, like, four times. Then he holds the pan in front of his face. But I'm not kidding, about 15 seconds, then Vito just looks over and he's like, oh, shit, I'm going to hit that, and he just punches it straight away. It's, oh, so fucking bad. When they go back
1: to the ring, and Ralphus is just, like, gassed. He's bleeding. Yeah, it's sad. Uh, he's got no shoes on him. Uh, Oh, it's fucking hell, like, leave him alone. <laughs> 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 fucking hell. Vito puts Ralphus through a table to get the win in this one. And again, this whole thing just came off, I think, as a... I think it's like a an imitation, really, more than mm. anything mm. else. And it's sad, because Norman Smiley actually had some really entertaining hardcore matches in WCW, and Vito w- was involved in a lot of those as well. But it's just, like, gimmicks on paper. Oh, that'd be funny if Ralphus was there. No, there's going to be a 10-minute match, mate, and yeah, it's going to be fucking shit-like. Imagine it. I can't change the channel because it's pay-per-view. You've got me there, but I will grumble about it. Goldberg arrives with Scott Hall's contract. Ooh, is it a shoot or is it a work? (laughs) Goldberg, who, this, in my mind, is the stupidest thing Russo ever did, is a heel. Yeah. Fucking hell. Stupid. So, oh my god, that's the stupidest thing ever. Goldberg is like, unstoppable, powerhouse, babyface. The one star they made, and they turned him heel. Morons. Morons. Really bad. Uh, Backstage, Gene Mean is with Kevin Nash. Big Sleepy. Kevin Nash tonight. The career of your longtime partner, Scott Hall. His fate is in your hands. Defeat Goldberg, and he stays
0: in WCW. Lose, however, we may never see Scott Hall again.
1: You know, Gene. uh, It's no secret I've been myself lately. Uh, I've been my wise self, I should say. And uh, the reason being is a ball-headed named Goldberg. That's. uh, I've been holding my best friend's contract over my head. And uh, you know, last week when they, they aired the footage of Scott and I together, I just remembered how much fun we had. And uh, there's no way I'm going to let that end. Uh, Goldberg knows I've handed it to him once before. Uh, I'm his only real defeat. And uh, he knows I can do it again. And uh, just for old time's sake, sir, Goldberg, my jackhammer you ass in the middle of the ring, I just might take a little survey. Everybody knows, Bill, how those things just seem to piss you off.
2: See you, Billy. He is not with us tonight, is he? Sadly big, not. Big drunk Kevin Nash. Seriously, just glazed over, dead behind the I eyes. I fucking
1: comb your hair! <laughs> it's a big... It's not even combed, he's just not... He's just even shaved.
2: He doesn't look into the camera, he doesn't look at me and Gene, he just looks like in between the two, like he's just staring at a pint. And I was waiting for him to burp. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting
3: yeah, for him to burp. I, I've never seen a promo delivered with that little emotion before. It, well, oh, of that course. little conviction. Because, yeah. you know, <laughs> okay. like,
1: oh, big sexy Kevin Nash, you know, he's laid back, he's a cool, character he doesn't nothing sweats him is your best friend's career on the line yeah. alrighty coming up next and a nice example of our next rule of russo which is soap opera storylines it is Daphne taking on Stacey Kieber, aka Miss Hancock oh, well, at one point she was going to be known as Miss Handcock For fuck's Miss say?
3: Hand on cock. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so this feud between Daphne and Miss Handjob started <laughs>
0: look at Daphne it shouldn't be a hard decision I'm so sorry. I love you! He has run away from his fiancee. You knew that we were engaged. Can you blame David? You've broken my heart.
1: Oh! David Flair has won two times in low life. Oh. Do you think that I'm blind? You're trying.
0: Bad girls trapped up inside of a good girl's body. After I finish whipping your little beating pole butt, let's make it a wedding gown match. You're going to be begging for your old job slinging chicken wings at the Hooters' joint. They found you in. First opponent to rip the other girl's dress off wins. If you're going to try and ruin my life, I'm going to ruin yours. Ah!
2: Looks like this will be your last chance to wear your $3 Salvation Army gown
0: because I will definitely be wearing something much more sexy.
1: Yo! I will say right off the bat, I will not be able to be objective in this match. Uh, I fucking love Daphne. She's she's probably my favorite female wrestler ever. Really? She's... she's Awesome. She's fucking awesome. Not a clue who she is. That's a shame. She is She is particularly brilliant. I actually at one point had an idea in my head which was to do like a solid week or week and a half, a long weekend of, tr- of wrestling training. And become an independent wrestler work on that for a couple of weeks then get signed to TNA <laughs> and then like, meet Daphne like, you know. it was fucking foolproof life got in the way I suppose but yeah the big soap opera storyline in this wedding game match which is Daphne was engaged to be married to David Flair and then David Flair changed his mind and decided to go out with that no good hussy Stacey Keebler Daphne is heartbroken she wants to get back at Stacey Keebler very days of your life but it's actually Straight. At least it makes sense. Yeah. You know, it is a straightforward. She stole my man. I want to. I want to get her. You know, it's actually a more straightforward storyline than any of the stuff with Deborah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. At least these are women who are independently feuding and coming up with their own thoughts and uh, feelings. That's very true. Their body parts are actually not considered (laughs) different entities.
3: I I loved how melodramatic the prime I was. Oh, actually, once a wild-eyed, energetic damsel. (laughs) The word conflict. The word love. Now caught up in a tangled web of deceit and betrayal. But would the betrayal itself become questions? (laughs) The word betrayal. David Flair is one two-timing lowlife. A long-legged blue-eyed floozy has intervened in the wedding plan. For fuck's (laughs) sake. Jezebel is such a better word than floozy. (laughs) Who's writing
2: these? Vince
1: Vince Russo. Russo.
3: (laughs) The word sorrow. Then you're cordially invited to attend the wedding gown match. Jeez. You're cordially invited to attend
1: the Microsoft Paint wedding. Seriously, <laughs> that, that image of the wedding invitation literally was
2: when it really kicked in for me. Is like, oh no, this is really not good, is it? This, th- you know, these production values are really just going to get worse and worse as we go on here.
1: David Flair coming out at the start with Stacey Keibler, who comes out to like basically stripper music. Yeah. He just comes off as such
2: a punk. I can't believe this is Ric Flair's son. Yeah. Like, it's so weird that his dad is the nature boy. Like, he just gets in the ring and makes out with Stacey Keebler for ten minutes. He, feel, just stand there for ages. he was going
1: out with Stacey Keebler in real life. Oh, it fucking shows. That was so a shoot like, kiss, you could tell. You know, <laughs> talk about punching above your weight? Like, good job there, David Flair. Yeah. Uh, David Flair is definitely someone who I've always felt really sorry for. Because he's the definition of a... Look at me, pop, I'm wrestling. You proud? You uh, know, it's... Uh, you know, he's not got the... He just looks, always felt with David that he didn't even have the genetics. Because he's yeah. not got a big build. He's uncoordinated. He was thrown into fucking feuds on TV before learning how to lock up. Oh, it's you, like- you just don't get any sense of Ric Flair from him at all.
3: We see a wedding cake. And if we see a wedding cake near... Someone's going in it, yeah. We know what's going to go in it. We know that as an audience. (laughs) We know that someone's going to get caked. Yeah, all right. We don't need Mark Mark Madden then turning around and saying, there is a wedding cake by ringside. And we know when that goes down at Pro Wrestling Show. But... We gotta get the wrestling match out of the way first! Oh! Oh! Fuck these men! Jesus. Hey guys, I don't know
2: if you noticed, but William Regal came out with some brass knuckles there. Yeah, he's gonna use that in the finish of the match, you know, just a heads up, guys.
1: Calm down, Joey Styles, he didn't really hit him, like, you know, come... <laughs> Fuck me, come on, this is ridiculous. Although, with that cake, I was expecting Vicky Guerrero to, go to appear in a DeLorean and fall into it, because, like, that woman is a cake magnet, like, it's just... If there's a cake, she's going through it. Alrighty, the match, not really a match, it's just madness. Nah. Starts off with like a good five minutes of kissing. Ref loses his pants, Flair loses his pants. The crowd pops for all the zany antics, yeah. and in my own incredibly, outstandingly biased way, I did enjoy like Daphne like just causing all this madness and getting away with it for a bit. Yeah, it was nice that the the downtrodden face managed to get like a one up on the the people who wronged her. But it just it goes a bit mental. It's absolute nonsense. They yeah. try and shave Daphne's head at one point crowbar then appears his pants come off Yeah, well, no,
2: no yeah crowbar is that his name because yeah. what I've written down here is what's going on here who is this man and why has he taken off his trousers I don't understand d- what the hell's he going on he
3: doesn't even take his trousers off properly he puts them around his ankles takes a bump and he's out of the trousers <laughs> that's, that's the best way to take off your trousers uh, May <laughs> I bump my
1: trousers on one leg at a time just like the rest of you <laughs> it's, it's just absolute lunacy Stacy grabs a mic and says I am gonna take my clothes off now madness rain Daphne wins but it's it's the, not really much the, of a win uh,
3: the, the weirdest moment about this is Hancock takes off her uh, gown yeah. the referee sits down and whilst you hear music playing he sits there smiles and bops his head watching the but no, I, no, no, no. let's go get a beer after the referee's fridge, right? like there with David Flair and he's watching her you know dance around and there's something really <laughs> about there's something really creepy about that the referee that just like sliver. saying I'm not going to do any refereeing now look tits and ass. yeah you're a professional <laughs> you're not
1: meant to have a character like that that's, that's just weird Daphne and Stacy end up brawling in the cake. Yeah. Daphne wins, but she is upset, so minus five stars. <laughs> Moving on, backstage, the cat is mumbling.
3: It was at this point that I realised that the ninja wearing a wa- uh, uh, mask is yes. white. Oh you know, yeah, see, yeah, he's white. they're not then, an authentic uh, ninjas. Then, then one of the other guys, I noticed... The Orient Express all over again, <laughs> damn it! <laughs> <laughs> then I noticed out of nowhere, I just suddenly clicked my head, one of the guys is Jimmy Wang Yang. Oh yeah! Oh, yeah, oh, just right. didn't, didn't... Good spot! Good yeah, spot, well, <laughs> I just I I was like, wait a minute. That guy needs a Texan accent right there. (laughs) You know what, I swear
1: swear to God, the two groups of people in the entire world who've got the greatest appreciation for like, 06 to 08 (laughs) Smackdown is Billy Keeble and the country of Nigeria. (laughs) I swear to God, man! (laughs) It's incredible. You just like have an affinity for that. Oh s- no, that was my time,
2: <laughs> But seriously, they literally repeat the exact same joke again. Cat is backstage. Ninjas turn up, and you know the ninjas are gonna turn up because yeah. they have that fucking like Ooh. the Zen Garden music. Like it's basically like you know in Warrior where when you unlock a new move and it's like hold, be
1: horn but hard in your hand like a waiter. Or <laughs> so relaxing. Announcers say that Hogan made no show And we're wondering God they're taking a lot of time to address us on the camera mm. Talking about every facet and detail But then you cut to a bunch of lads mopping up cake
3: Badly as well Badly in, in Pushing end, it around in, in the end they literally just flip the mats over yeah. And leave it as You it know goes.
1: what it is someone somebody gets sick at someone else's birthday Go, No I'll finish it they're like pushing a fucking daily mail around Trying <laughs> to just push, push the solid <laughs> chunks to the corners of the room somehow AIDS in their collection at the end like, but don't think that's
2: just us, you know, like mentioning the fact that well, we're on on, the about Yeah, they start mopping up the cake, cut back to the announcers for about a couple more minutes. Cut back to the guys mopping the cake, cut back to the announcers. <laughs> cut back, the guys have flipped over the mat because they've given up. Six fucking minutes this goes on for. <laughs> cake cleanup. There was a dude, he
1: just had like an A4 piece of paper and was just kind of like <laughs> He's Pushing around. it in. He's pushing it around, mate. Like, good lord. Alrighty, coming up next, tag team belts are on the line. It's the perfect event. Meet and Chuck. Taking on Chronic, because these guys like some sweet buds, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, if you know what I'm saying. Chronic. Weed, that is. (laughs) I like weed, (laughs) and that ain't no L-I-E. All right, the the constant use in late 90s, at its era, of like talking about marijuana in wrestling. right, at least look at the WWF. Right, Look at the lads who who were smokers, alleged smokers in WWF. Road Dog X-Pac Too Cold Scorpio you know or the people you hear about classically who are mad into it like fucking Iron Sheik or Rick Rude those are all guys you can conceivably in your mind go you can see yeah. it those yeah. guys like a bit of Scooby Dooby Doo at the fucking want to go again there? <laughs> <laughs> those guys I mean you know one minute Road Dog's there like hey can you just go down to the uh, 24-7 garage and get me a hobnob mate Like, <laughs> <laughs> but look at Chronic coming out there two fucking meat men no yeah they have never touched weed in their lives alright Brian Adams and the other one if you took a drag of marijuana your fucking heart would explode these <laughs> roided monsters You've as a body that is meant to be imbibing weeds are you fucking kidding me Good lord. If, they, if, their, if their tag team name was fucking Egg Whites and Chicken Fillets. <laughs> 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 All right, grand. You can get away with it. But not here, guys. I'm, geez, I'm I'm there at the start of this. I'm like, fucking wrestle already. They're acting like they're Hulk Hogan and Kevin Nash. Yeah. It's this poisonous mindset that's throughout the card WCW. Every match is allowed to start with like three or four minutes of walking around and staring Stay down. Out. Oh, we got their muddy champ. It's yeah, like, yeah. it's real house show attitude. Mm, Because everyone's got their money. Where's the motivation? No one cares. It's really basic match we get here. Big men big men versus cowards. So dull. Yeah. My main thing I took over for this was like you've got four massive unathletic men it's a miracle no one got hurt yeah that's a very good point (laughs) we got some scary spots in this yeah Brian Adams with your F5 no (laughs) don't take your F5 to town son leave your F5 at home because you'll break someone's neck with that thing they look really careless. they're all these high spot double team moves and they're all just fucking them right in their heads oh Mm. Jesus their tag finisher chronic Uh, is high times Jesus
2: like when you're high after yeah. smoking weed, yeah, yeah like chronic. That.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was gonna say, Billy. I mean, you picked up this several times. All four men in the ring, no tags. This is, yeah, anything just goes, anything goes. Just give up at this stage, really. What the yeah, hell,
3: yeah. I just can't express how dull this match is. You,
1: you sound very apathetic just, here, Billy. Yeah,
3: this, this, I, I all I wrote was dull as shit, chronic win. Do you know why it is dull as shit? Because we get the exact same thing again.
1: We get a big double team move kick out of two yeah. we get their finishing double team move now a double team finisher should never be fucking kicked out that's of two except in exceptional circumstances yeah. like when they did it you know, the Dudley boys they did it in ECW once but they did it in TNA once and the idea was that someone kicked out of 3D and they split up the team that's where the split in TNA <laughs> came from it's meant to be your tag finishers are always meant to be over mm. kicking out of tag finishers kicking out of other big tag spots what are they doing yeah and when every false finish is a legitimate finish, not just kind of, a, oh, he could maybe win here, the crowd is like, oh, oh, oh. And then by the time you get the real finish, you've stopped caring. Because yeah. sort of I've like, seen four finishes already. Yeah. Russo says time and time again, I've watched so many Russo shoots trying to prep for this thing. He said time and time again, he does not book the finishes. Hmm. He doesn't have anything to do with the booking of the finishes of the match. Now, I wonder if that actually means if... He decides who still wins, though. Yeah, obviously he still yeah. decides that. And surely he's got some say if there's storyline involved about how the match ends. He must have some sort of input into the
2: actual, the way that it ends. Not necessarily booking every aspect of the finish, but he must have some sort of uh,
1: say in the matter. Well, this is something which I think is purely, could be tinfoil hat conspiracy theory. But in my mind, if you've got a load of guys you are saying, right, you're beating him clean, you're beating him clean, or you're, just, you're winning one, two, three in the middle of the ring after a move you do... All these guys, you got such crazy big egos. Like, right, I'll lose to you, but I'm gonna kick out of your finisher first. But you can kick out of mine, and and before it's like haggling, and all of a sudden
2: everyone on the roster's doing it. Yeah, it's
1: it's insanity. Alrighty, backstage, Double J is with the cat. In case you missed it earlier, he's back with the fat lady. It's just it's it's
3: the same thing again. There it is again. Clang. It's like the second take of the first one that he did. I mean, (laughs) just put
1: that in there. Put some B-roll in. Yeah. Yeah. Clang. Sorry, that noise is just like the wrestling community as a whole banging their heads against the wall. Like, <laughs> it's, it's shocking stuff here. Alrighty, coming up next, Booker T taking on Positively Canyon. Mm. Chris Canyon, who, of course, was like many wrestlers, he saw it was the perfect event as well. With the New Blood storyline, there was this whole idea of the younger wrestlers stealing the older guy's gimmick. Right. Like, you know, you've got Sean Stasiak wanting to be the new Mr. Perfect Canyon wants to be the new DDP. Mm -hmm. Vampiro wants to be the new Sting. Blah, blah, blah. That kind of thing. Fucking Billy Kidman wants to be the next Hulk Hogan. Are you noticing a problem with this (laughs) storyline? Positively Canyon I'm a big fan of Chris Canyon Yeah Very underrated wrestler I think Booker T is Easily the most overman Of the night When oh, he comes yeah. out yeah, Boom
2: He gets the hero's welcome They love Booker T don't
1: Is he someone who's Gotten over the hard way As opposed to Oh I remember what that guy did In WWF Yeah because yeah. It's not one of these things Where
2: it's been like Booker T is like Oh here's Booker T This is why you should Cheer for him Like you say It's like they cheer for him Because of who he is yeah. like, Because he's Booker T
1: Yeah uh, This match was very enjoyable Real snug action Hard hitting stuff From both of the guys we get a lot of uh, chicanery with Canyon's book which was you know mocking DDP self help book yeah. it was a brick book Yeah, Swerve. Swerve. a brick
3: a book to booker a book booker <laughs> is what I think Tony Chivone keeps <laughs>
1: saying sorry you, you just sound like an attitude era promo there like, a book a book a book a book you know I thought you were doing some sort of beatnik kind of freestyle jazz a book a brick a brickity bookity brick <laughs> uh, I know it's here at WCW we get to see their North Korean steel stairs come into play they are fucking appalling <laughs> sheet metal with a load of lies underneath them. seriously <laughs> apron suplex off the middle rope really cool spot here Canyon was one of the few people in WCW I put him up there with someone like no over in ECW, who was innovating, coming up with new moves on a weekly basis for people to steal? Canyon at one point actually does the Billy Goat's Curse, Cole Cabana's finishing yeah, move. really cool. I was. Uh, I, was I did not, not that. know that that one had been done before. Finish of the match starts to come here when we go for the the book brick book to Booker, but it has no effect because, as we all know, Booker T is book type, so book <laughs> and, book attacks are not very effective. Meaning that he'd taken the brick out of it earlier. Exactly. Yeah. Axe kick. Book end kick out. What the fucks? <laughs> Jesus. It's like fucking 2K14. That was a good finish. That this would have been a really great way to end the match. This is me playing you 2K14 at the moment. <laughs> it's just gone to this level now where it's like there's no finishes anymore because we got so good at kicking out. Yeah. That's what we're experiencing here. So Double J comes out and he's got a guitar. Fucking hell. Uh, he hits Booker T. Then a diamond cutter off the top rope. Canyon is allowed to beat Booker T at long live last. Yeah. Boo for the finish, but easily the best match of the night so far. Definitely. I think this match is a much better example of the classic WCW style you know kind of a, a knockout brawl but uh hard hitting action yeah I noticed
2: that whenever you get a big move in WCW you will get a big move that a pins straight yeah. away and yeah. then like a couple of seconds to wait before it goes back to the action no, again no fannying around mm.
3: um, can we talk a little bit about Canyon's music yep N- not Smells Like Teen Spirit well they start,
1: that is DDP's music he's ripping off you oh see is nice. he which yeah DDP's so music of he's course
2: he's ripping off DDP's
1: music and DDP's music is ripping off Nirvana oh no yeah. mate DDP's music is, is you may mm. allege it to be ripping off Nirvana's music but i'll have you know that it is completely copyright wise it is not it is is within the legal requirements of notes changed jimmy hart changed the requisite required number of notes (laughs) for you to think that is a different song wcw lot of stock music most of the stock music was rip-off themes i'm sure as
3: well in the night i can't remember who it was i think it may have either vampiro I don't know, but there was, I heard The Beautiful People by Marilyn Manson. The, yeah, the, the yeah. Drum, Mike Awesome the, has. The drumming a, and the guitar at yeah. the start, but then it just goes off somewhere else. Yeah.
1: Mike Awesome has got The Beautiful People. Sting has a Metallica song. Vampiro has some song. Jericho had Even Flow. Vince Russo had Iron Man. And we had Raven had Come As You Are. It was it was everywhere. Shameless. Actually, there's a really funny story about this. Raven and DDP did an angle on TRL, you know, on MTV back in the day. And, you know, Raven came in and bet up DDP or whatever. And Dave Grohl was on TRL as well. Like it was either Rave or DDP but whoever leaves their music playing Dave Grohl's like wait what the fuck is going on (laughs) (laughs) get me my lawyer (laughs) fuck me backstage the fat chick thriller Mike Awesome is with Jeff Jarrett's Fat Lady fucking awful promo yeah really terrible I don't know if I'm in the minority on this but I'm a big Mike Awesome fan Mm. I say that though knowing that I have probably watched you know, the 10 Mike Awesome matches, you know, his big matches in ECW, his matches with, you know, Masato Tanaka, you know, on one night stand, he has a that mm-hmm. very, that's one of my favourite matches ever. Yeah, it's a great match. I'm not saying I'm someone I've followed him week to week and, you know, obviously follow him week to week or whatever, you might get a different opinion on him Mm. but i always viewed the man as one thing which is a killer and paul Heyman booked him to be a fucking killer he killed everyone in ecw power bombing people off the top rope through tables all this merciless shit and in wcw russo gave him he was a, a a quote chubby chaser which was that he was attracted to large ladies mike awesome fucking seven foot jacked that's the that's what you come up with Seriously? That's embarrassing. That's really terrible.
3: I got really confused in the promo because he's when he's being interviewed because they don't go up to... The, 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 I, who, I don't know the name of the interview interviewer, but she just goes up to him and she does not call him Mike Awesome or Mr. Awesome. She calls him Mr. Muscles. She, Mr. She goes, Muscles! Uh, and she goes, Mr. Muscles, and just starts talking to him. So I, so I was like, I'm pretty sure that's Mike Awesome. And he just comes out and says, like, oh, it's Mike Awesome. And so, all right then. Mr. Muscles is such fun. He takes rides for everyone.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty rubbish promo. Mike Awesome, not great on the stick. Here. I'm I'm sorry I'm being so negative, but it's just this was really tough to get through. Mm. Coming up next, US title on the line, Mike Awesome taking on Scott Steiner. Mm. Steiner came out, I swear to God, <laughs> I fucking gagged. I actually gagged. It looks disgusting, doesn't it? Yeah, like, I was seriously. in I was rough shape this morning a little bit, mm. but I was you know, I hadn't had my coffee when I was watching this or I hadn't had my meal. I just felt unwell when I saw Steiner. Well, he comes out, he Ugh. got
2: flexes, and, like, you can see all of his internals, like, there's just veins sticking out of his arms. There's another
1: heart in each arm. I got three hearts now, ha
2: huh? <laughs> He looks like if he stretched some skin over a pile of cannonballs or something, like, just, <laughs> just big, you know, ready to pop, and the skin's going to burst open any second. The
1: thing about him, right, is that, you know, you've obviously got the, the flex guys, right, you mm-hmm. know, a.k.a. British Bulldog, but, like ambient muscle yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that's true. Scott Steiner looks like he's about to explode he looks yeah. like he's you know he's looks like he's locked in for DDP yoga <laughs> everything is tight it's like a fire hydrant coming out of his hands <laughs> this is another rule of Russo I suppose because we were very confused in this no clear lines between faces and heels or having heels act facey and face guys mm. act heelish that is a big Russo thing here. We're definitely getting it here. Both of these guys could be considering their own right to be bad guys in a way, but also technically good guys, but they don't act that way. It's not clear at all from watching in the ring,
2: like, I mean I know nothing about what's been going on on WCW up until this point, so maybe it would be more obvious, but new you bloods, should be able to tell, like, from an in-ring match, who, you know, from the way they're fighting you should be able to tell who's face yeah. and who's heel, mm. and like you say, you don't get that at all here. Well, it's Awesome
1: just... is the young guy, so he's obviously new blood, so he's obviously meant to be the heel, but he doesn't act particularly heelish, no. and likewise Steiner acts completely like heel coming out with his fucking pose and his his lady and all that, he yeah. looks like such a fucking heel champion.
3: Let no, we just take turns Hitting each other—that's the all the kind of storyline you get in this match. There is no you? psychology yeah. in this match no, all at all.
1: It's it's crazy, and you get that I suppose with faces and heels. It's the same problem we ran into when we had the corporation having guys facing off against dudes in the ministry. It's fucking boss man and Midian all over yeah. again. You know, who do I cheer for? No exactly. one's making me feel anything either way. Uh, it's a reckless match though. Mm-hmm. I think you're saying there, are move after move. We're not just saying a punch or a scoop no. slam. We're talking overhead belly to bellies. Yeah. Throwing lads into stairs, falling off ropes. Just careless, sloppy yeah, they're, wrestling. They are
2: not clean moves that are executed no. here. They're it's a really miracle bopping. no one was
3: hurt. seriously. Yeah. Especially after Steiner does a backbreaker by dropping Awesome onto his front <laughs> <Fucking> <laughs> out. he basically just knees him in the stomach and we say backbreaker <laughs> well, organ breaker uh, <laughs> I
1: think for Steiner his requisite to do a movie is as long as his two hands are around you <laughs> yeah um, he's popping those hips and he's throwing it it doesn't yeah. matter if you're fucking upside down your head's on backwards or your arms are in the way you're going over his head he's like an action figure in that regard he's spring loaded yeah. with fucking botchy suplex action cat appears Cat now is a seemingly meant to be a heel authority figure even though he was being very good guyish backstage right. says the Steiner recliner is banned it's again we're getting a lot of story, story being thrown at us yeah. should you not make clear before the match starts if his finishing move is banned exactly should we not be aware of this yeah. already uh One of guys gets who someone gets hit, but anyway, it's like we're, oh god, <laughs> I just don't care. It's, it's impossible. Yes. Someone someone gets hit by when Cat comes in and Kat that
3: accidentally hits. Awesome. All right, he's right. going to hit. That's the
1: finish of the match. lol No, there's another one. it's oh, <laughs> No psychology, just training finishes. There's like five finishes in this. Yeah. Like and then Steiner puts on the Steiner recliner and he's stripped of the belt. The end. Not blank wins. It's just the end. The match ends. Unforgivable. And then Scott kills Mike Awesome afterwards so we get another post-match finish. Awful. Oh god, this is fucking horrendous. Now I'm not saying Vince Russo is horrendous. I'm saying from at this point, as we can clearly see, it's not working. No, this is not working. At all. This is awful. This pay-per-view is, like,
2: so far, six matches in, this has been one of the hardest things I've ever had to watch.
1: Hello, it's time for a quick break in the action. Jeez, those guys seem rather angry, at Adam, huh? They've got serious bees in their bonnet. I know, right? They're just about to uh, watch a graveyard match. Can't say I don't feel sorry for them. Yeah, poor guys. Poor fellas. Hi, future Adam and Kevin here. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> New idea for a segment because we forgot to do the caption contest while we recorded the original episode. Yeah. This was over at facebook.com forward slash attitude era podcast. We put up the caption du jour, which was Little Vince Russo looking a bit dejected in the ring. Yeah, he's got his head down, looking all sad. Yeah, quite upset. And we asked the Glagay community. No, no, the Tudors, the tu- not the gla-gay community. Glagay gla- is like your shtick. And yeah, but AJ not. Styles is not the gay community. Okay, let <laughs> okay, dokey. That's a gander at Some of the best ones. Firstly, we've got why do I have to ask the Attitude Era podcast why Own Heart was called a nugget. <laughs> For there never was a story of more woe than this of Sablet and her (laughs) meromeo. Shakespeare and memory! Romeo That's fucking That's insane That's fantastic We actually had a, quite a few uh, Shakespeare ones From Michael Parcel. So, but being that I was most familiar With Romeo and Juliet You could give The appropriate reading there That was, that was like It was a compulsory reading For the junior cert in Ireland So I don't know if you did that For GCSEs or not Like I think we're getting Into a different discussion altogether. together here yeah. All together here Alrighty Hello penis Are you there? It's me Vince Russo Would you consider a match Where you're on a pole? For fuck's sake And then the go. Gonna put the hardcore title on Pepper, so Bossman has to dig up the grave and pin <laughs> a plate of food. Jesus, Vinny Real wasn't the same after the Midnight Society declined his ghost on a pole match. Oh for fuck's <laughs> <laughs> that, that's actually probably my favorite one, I have to say. That's Are you brilliant. afraid of the references? The precise moment when Vince Russo contemplated revealing himself as the more better power. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to gods, and then they said to me, we's at a bought license plate. Fucking hell. I swear to gods, a Hulk Hogan sex tape on a pole match <laughs> would do big numbers. <laughs> oh, this is great. Oh shit, it's bear at the beach, and I forgot got my damn Hawaiian shirt! <laughs> <laughs> and my particular, I think this one actually, I've already said like three times this is my favourite, but to close us off here, I wish, I wish I didn't kill that fish. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, let us Brilliant. know what you think of the kill caption contest. We got like 120 responses for that, so. Wow. You know, from our point of view, anything that gets the old fans involved is obviously a positive. Yeah, it's nice
2: that you are entertaining
1: us during this little segment here. Because that's what really it's all about at the end of the day. <laughs> Just Entertaining entertaining yeah. we want you to make us laugh okay let's to do it for the ad break for now we're going to cut back now to bash of the beach 2000 where a young Kevin Mann is <laughs> at... <laughs> taken away past boys it's time for the graveyard match strap yourselves in let's haul ass to spring break woo <laughs> it's the demon formerly of KISS the, uh, what, he he just the demon now. He is just demon. I think the copyright ran out on that. But time. we do keep calling <laughs>
3: him by his shoot name throughout as well. Taking
1: on Vampiro. Vampiro, a man who I had never really had made strong feelings about. Then I read Chris Jericho's book, A Lion's Tale, and I now think he's possibly Satan incarnate. Jesus. He's a, he's a bit of a politician, is this man. Oh boy, this is fun. Starts off Xeno Warrior Princess. Just yeah. No, it's like, alright, the like kiss demon arrives with his lady. And it's not like. Not China. Not China. Yeah. Asia's Asia is her name. Yeah. Good one. I'll see what you did there. <laughs> Ooh, very smart, very clever. And it's just like, what's going on? They're in a grave. They're actually in a graveyard. With Charles Robinson as well. Charles Robinson's like, it's dangerous to go alone. Take (laughs) this (laughs) flashlight. I mean,
3: it's it's, it's not even a flashlight. They've got a flaming torch. Yeah.
2: It's like they are going in a dungeon. Spilling flaming oil everywhere as well. Careful, guys. This is
1: Vampiro's realm. His presence is strong here. (sighs) Fuck off. This is not
3: wrestling. They stumble upon a coffin. Just a coffin. A a brand new. A brand new. A brand new coffin. In the middle of the cemetery, it's empty. empty. So so it's all right. Vampiro's not there because he's in a fucking tree. (laughs) (laughs) What's he doing in a
1: fucking tree? Because he's up there, he's like, and then like all the little uh, Vampiros come out and they like trip over the demon, and then like two logs come (laughs) in. For God's (laughs) sake! And then Vampiro gets in the ATST and blows up Vince Russo's bunker, and we all fucking get saved. The rest of this god awful show. I mean, all right, this is another Ruler Russo. Gimmick matches! We just come off Hell in the Kennel. Here's another one. Graveyard match. What do you think, guys?
3: Well, it's it's not so much, but it's a gimmick match. It's two gimmicks. They're fighting in a graveyard. They kick the shit out of each other for a bit. Then we're told it's a race now to the ring. Yeah, that's how you win the match by doing a running race. It's not a Just match. W- I wish you guys would stop calling it a match. Run, run back. <laughs>
1: it's not a match. Russo, I mean, has come up with some atrocious gimmicks in his time. Judy Bagwell on a forklift, Pinata on a pole, Viagra on a pole. You know, we could go on and on about it. His idea is, if I'm changing the channel. Or I'm looking at the magazine or the website and I see, whoa, graveyard match, blank on a pole match. That sounds so crazy. I have to see it. Ridiculous logic. Ridiculous. People watch
2: wrestling because they want to watch wrestling. This, this is fucking ridiculous. This is in like a sort of a a fantasy horror kind of saying, like you say by torchlight and even if I wanted to watch this match which I didn't even if I wanted to I couldn't because fucking Charles Robinson is the only source of light with the shit <laughs> yeah, back yeah, back. Yeah, <laughs> the go, we have not got much light back here folks Yeah, no why shit. are you broadcasting it we need a it? director down here for Christ's sake
1: a problem as well I think a problem that Russo runs in in modern times as well which is like he's going to say right if I'm changing the channel I see Viagra on a pole match my reaction as a fan is if I'm switching a channel I hear Viagra on a pole match I'm not going to go oh I have to see this now I'll go well I'll check that out on YouTube tomorrow then, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll see what Twitter has to say about this. So, maybe it worked more back then, but this is uh, they wrestle in the dirt, they wrestle in the river. Where's the arena exactly? They're just walking all over. Yeah, going... uh, did someone think to bring a compass in this orienteering exercise? <laughs> we are going through vampiro basically buries the demon alive, yeah, that's it. Like, yeah, that's it. So, he wins this race, but it, it uh, as it stands, it seems like the match is a casket match, yeah. Oh, it's But it's technically not over until Vampiro makes his way back to the arena. And it's, again, oh, like all over Russo, job. like your gimmicks as eye catching as they may be, if you're dedicating like it's one thing for this to be like two minute segments, but you're giving these
3: guys ten minutes. Seriously. It's one of the longest matches on yeah. the card. Yeah. And like again,
1: it's just this is example This shows it perfectly you can have the most eye-catching gimmick in the world but if the actual meat and potatoes of the affair the content of the match is boring that the person who you've managed to hoodwink in it's like a cold caller yeah you it, got their attention for a second but they're still going to hang up
2: exactly yeah and it means the, the gimmick of the match is completely irrelevant because it
1: doesn't matter it never would have worked anyway then Backstage, my dad is with the French Fries. (laughs) (laughs) My dad proper looks like Mean Gene Oakland, doesn't he? There he is. He's He's holding up a photo of his dad, yeah. Yeah, Looking like like Mean Gene.
0: Well, you know, Gene, in this life, in this sport, there are a few
4: guarantees. There are a few things that you can chuck down and say, you know, at the end of the night, things will be exactly as you guarantee them to be or expect them to be. You've known me for a long time, Gene. I've made few guarantees in this sport, but I will make this guarantee.
1: Buff Bagwell, you are a great wrestler, but you're not greater than a franchise. Buff Bagwell, tonight you and I will enter that ring and we will fight like two gladiators.
0: But fans, you can mark it down in your calendars. You can mark it down as a
1: guarantee from the franchise. Tonight, I will defeat you, Buff Bagwell. Why? Because I'm a franchise. Why? Because I'm just that good. Guaranteed? (laughs) Uh, Guaranteed. (laughs) best problem of the night so far I think yeah Yeah. I like the franchise Shane Douglas he's made some very poor career moves in his time he has worked himself into a corner he was meant to be over with the radicals when they went originally couldn't get his ducks in a row so to speak Uh, so it didn't happen buried Triple H Shawn Michaels everyone who's important buried Flair now he's in WCW working with Flair oh Feel bad for the guy Bad bad. decision after bad decision But he's taking on a man who Has challenged him this evening Which is Buff Bagwell Yep, Buff Bagwell, Shane Douglas And I have no clue what the story is going into this Again, very poor setup for this it seems like they're just resting for the sake of it. Yeah, so it would
2: seem. I'm pretty familiar with Shane Douglas, but uh, Buff Bagwell, never really seen him before.
1: He looks like the biggest prick in the world. Whoa, 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 whoa. Watch it there, man. We make fun of Buff on this podcast. His mom will ring me up and ask us. <laughs> <laughs> he did that. You know that his mother rang Jim Ross. Why aren't you giving my son a push? You're fired like that. Oh, <laughs> sorry, man. tell your son he is fired. <laughs> Considering all business goes through you, apparently. Buff Bagwell, not a fan. No, he looks like such a knobhead. <laughs> yeah, he, he does. does. And I thought Douglas could have very faced promo. Hmm. But Bagwell is really playing up like the fiery young baby face. You know, it's like, who's... I I got more cockiness from Buff Bagwell than anything else. I mean, I assume by the fact that I hated him from this, that
2: I'm meant to hate him, am I?
1: Here's
3: the heel, right? A lot of pro buff Bagwell cha- signs in the crowd. And there's a lot of franchise sucks chants as well, so making me think that perhaps. are oh, there's at the, the, the heel.
2: This is so hard. You shouldn't have to investigate and figure it out for yourself. It should just be faulty. And told the to and you.
1: reason why it's so hard is because if you haven't got like a properly explained story, it's like, I don't know who the faces and the heels are. I don't Fucking think I him. care either, to be honest. All right, these guys clearly are meant to have some sort of storyline because we get involvement with Tori and all this stuff. And again, this is another Ruler Russo. Everyone having a story. Top to bottom on the card. Mm. This is something which I think was one of his strongest uh, assets when he was writing a WWF, I loved that the job squad had a storyline, yeah. yeah. and the oddities had a storyline, everyone in the ministry had a storyline going on with everyone in the corporation. Interlocking storylines, everyone has something to do. It gives all the wrestlers purpose, because if you're at the bottom of the card, and you're going, oh, I'm just going out here just to fill up time. What's the point no, of being around? I'm going out here because I'm in a feud with fucking Chaz, or whoever the fuck exactly, it is. yeah. And I think that motivates the wrestlers, and keeps the fans invested. It doesn't work in WCW. No. Nah. Because you can't give everyone a storyline in WCW, because A, there's too many fucking people, and B, their announcers never explain anything, and the video packages never explain anything. Again, it's the production values on there. And everyone who's wrestling is seemingly in business for themselves, making themselves look good, as opposed to the match. So it fucking sucks. It's a competent enough match, they brawl outside, French fries at one point pulls up the mat, revealing the cake continues. Yeah, the cake is back. Douglas dominates the match, and then Tori Wilson comes out to make her presence known. She slaps Douglas. There oh, we go, guys. Nice finish there. It's clear. Sorry, yeah. mate. This isn't this isn't like WrestleMania 20 here. Like, you know, we don't we have real finishes here. <laughs> that is a setup for a two-count for an eventual series of three more finishes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> she distracts Douglas, goes out to make out with Buff Bagwell. For a long time. For a long yeah. time. Then punches him in the dick.
1: Yep. What's going on? Not the finish! Then we get the Pittsburgh plunge! That is Shane Douglas' finishing maneuver. Not the finish! <laughs> Buff Bagwell hits Tory. Chucks her off the eight. Yeah. So obviously, right, she's come out, she's hit both men, and Buff Bagwell has hit her. So obviously, now if Douglas hits her, we'll reach the trifecta. Or if Buff hits Shane, it'll reach. Oh, it's just so confusing. Yeah. Everyone's hitting everyone. Whose side is she on? Douglas hits the franchiser, which is a much worse finisher than his Pittsburgh plunge pulls down Buff Bagwell's jocks he doesn't grab him for leverage he like peels him with the thumb Yeah, like he's about to fucking slip in or something yeah. You know I mean? yeah he wins and now I'm thinking to myself Tory Wilson if you get up right now after being thrown off the fucking apron and kiss that man I'm fucking done <laughs> And she fucking gets up, <laughs> she no-sells it, and she kisses him, and Douglas is the big, Ah, how'd you go in there? So he you didn't see to slap him? You didn't see this slap antidote I drank <laughs> earlier? Oh, Jesus Christ. I was bitten by a radioactive slap, now I'm immune to them, mate. <laughs> that sucked. It was that awful. sucks so much. It is time for our WCW Championship match. It is young colliding with old The establishment versus the guys being held down That is right The, the plucky underdog Hulk Hogan Is going to take on <laughs> <laughs> That nasty monster Dominating like Godzilla rah, <laughs> Jeff Jarrett
0: The immortal Hulk Hogan Was stretched out of the ring The last time he faced You're truly the chosen one Never to be seen Or heard from again I've been interviewing the biggest, the fattest, the most disgusting women to accompany me to ringside and bash at the beach. The fat lady's going to sing when the chosen one gets the one,
1: two, three.
4: Everybody join in.
1: Nice video package there yeah, yeah no. competent enough s- s- nice no and that it told a story
2: it took well yeah okay if we're really going to accept that as nice sorry then... there, was yeah,
1: there was a video there was a video, <laughs>
2: there was a video package that is correct
3: uh, my favorite part of the video package is when jared just says and i've been bringing in the most disgusting women i've ever seen to the ring what that's got nothing to do with <laughs> what's going on so you're, you're having this thing with with hogan but he still hates women but, but you still but you still hate women and you want to bring these ugly women in what's this got to do with nothing okay, okay, okay Jack okay
1: <laughs> guys <laughs> I'm just thinking right now SummerSlam 99 Vince Russo so wanted to put that fat woman in a in an yeah, opera singer yeah, outfit opera singer. like <laughs> that clearly that's what he wanted <laughs> like she's fat and a pun it's brilliant <laughs> we got mean gene backstage with double J he calls him a Jurassic slap ass Jurassic
4: Slapper. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: Damn, damn, damn. <laughs> suspects and says choke on that slappy and walks away slap nuts is my favourite shit catchphrase ever
2: <laughs> it's so funny I found it really really funny until I listened to the uh, the OSW WCW trilogy and they explained that you know slap nuts and the stroke and everything is all just a big massive innuendo for masturbation which I never realised before
1: I would, I would throw my hat in the ring and say that stroke was actually a reference to backstage stroke because his but it certainly goes hand in hand with the slap nuts gimmick though it's better than the figure four wank lock Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, we gotta Mention it now for our first dalliance into and last dalliance into WCW. We got to mention the night after the uh, election in 2000.
3: Thank you for coming, ladies and gentlemen.
0: At long last, this national crisis is over. The votes are in, they've been tallied, confirmed, and reconfirmed. Finally, we have an answer, as there is a clear cut winner. The man who will lead this country into the new millennium, ladies and gentlemen of the press it pleases me to officially announce
4: the next president of the United States of America.
0: There's one vote you forgot to count. Now choke on that, slap nut.
1: Oh, we were obsessed with Bush, this recently. Bush and Gore, and they're like, the world is waiting to find out the results of the, who won the election? Was it Al Gore or was it George Bush? And they did it on WCW. And then Jeff Jarrett, he, he hits the man in the head. With a guitar, the man just goes, um, and now I'd like to welcome you,
2: our new president of the United States of America. And he turns around, Jeff Jarrett, guitar shot. He goes, "There is one vote you forgot to count. Now choke on that, slap
1: nuts!" Yeah, he's so (laughs) (laughs) dumbass. Oh good lord. Oh, look what we got here. It is a wise investment of money. Michael Buffer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's expensive. Get your checkbooks out. I heard a number for Royal Rumble that he did and it was six figures. I'm not Jesus. surprised. I've heard for many, many. Twenty things. seconds work. Yeah. They had him on like retainer in WCW. That's terrible that they would hire him that often. They're just throwing money away. I don't. I love Bruce Buffer. Bruce Buffer's brilliant. He has class. Yeah. And, and, and he spins. Yeah, and he
2: adds energy to UFC events and everything. But Michael Buffer, by comparison to Bruce, and especially by like Howard Finkel,
1: who is the big guy in WWF at the time, he's too over the top. Mm. Like
2: it's, he does way too much pomp and circus. When you say
1: over the top though. I always find that over the top in terms of length and volume. But he always sounds so. He's not. He's not going ah. He's like. Ah. Well, that's just because he's thinking of the money. I mean, thinking
3: of the expensive car he's gonna buy. <laughs> That's it. Like
1: he tells Hart's not in it when he's uh, announcing Jeff Jarrett. Like, like really, Jeff Jarrett? Although, I mean, I was hoping for a buffer fuck up like Brett Hitman Clark. Classic. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing you can pay a man a compliment like yeah. you have know, some of the ones when Hogan was heel in WCW like leading the NWO and like Buford would be like this man is without a doubt the most recognisable most beautifully trained greatest man who has ever lived he is dominated the wrestling world now always and forever bow down and worship him your new god ha- And that is it he just trail off That's what he does here He goes Jeff Jer I was kind of waiting for him To go like He is the world's greatest singer
2: The world's greatest wrestler And by God The world's greatest lover J-E-double-F-J-A-R-E-double-Z
1: double great uh, Double J takes his his time to come out though doesn't he well, uh, yeah, he
2: yeah, say he takes his
1: time. I mean, makes, he, like, everyone's time. He takes fucking ten
2: minutes to come I out. Wrote,
1: I noticed that Jeff's music actually outlapped him. Yeah. And that then it actually managed to start over. Russo comes out, and then Jeff finally comes out. It's,
2: sorry, again, just a little production values here. In WWF, there's been instances where a guy's music's been playing for about ten minutes before now because they have it automatically loop, so it goes mm. over and over. You hear Jeff Jarrett's music end, and then, like, the awkward moment where the guy's backstage, like, oh, shit, back one track, press play again. <laughs> <laughs> it's so awkward. I was hoping to be like, new, new world, (laughs) (laughs)
1: we're meant to be feeling here now because what is coming up is a this is a work but what they're doing here is they're trying to make it seem like a shoot because usually if WWF, if someone doesn't come out you'll have the camera on the entranceway you know switch the camera angles and the answer's like well where is he jeff Jarrett's music plays for three minutes and the announcer's the whole time like yeah match coming up here oh you know it's going to be a big one you know they're excited there seems like they're trying to cover and then you see russo come out and then jeff finally comes out and he just kind of makes his way out so straight away they're planting the seeds here mm. of people like oh wait what is going on here now we'll get into the angle because obviously it's spread out over a few segments but for my money particularly because how incorrectly this whole sequence of events is remembered by a lot of fans people think this part is a shoot it's not it's a work mm-hmm. this whole thing i thought they did a good job of, of Breaking the formula. It didn't feel like, oh, they want you to think something's gonna it felt like they are trying to cover their tracks. Well yeah,
2: when I was watching this, I actually did think like, oh shit, is this a backstage thing? Is this the real reason why um Jarrett's not coming out? Like is something going on backstage? But I mean, so this is a work at this point. Right at
1: this moment, we are in a work. Okay. Okay. Well, though,
0: is there what is going on? They just threw the wheel to totally the hulk the hulk. What the Now Russo! This is I think we're deviating from the from the norm here. Deviating from the script. I hesitate to say that, but what the is going on? I don't think Hogan had any idea what was going on.
4: Uh, now, Hogan's... Uh,
0: ben, I, don't, I, I don't know what to say. I, I don't know if Hulk Hogan... Hogan has asked for another microphone. I think he wants to talk again. So, fans, uh, we apologize. Uh, Russo, what a, what a return. Is this your deal, Russo?
4: Wow. That's, That's why this company's
0: in the shape it's in, because of bull. My God, this is real life. One, two, three. We've got a new world champion, I guess we do. Good God Almighty, we're going to have some splendid
1: to do tomorrow. Hogan comes out. They two stare off. Hogan's like, you know, get your ass in the ring, face me, blah, blah, blah. Jeff comes in, and like he gets a look at Russo, he lays down, and Hogan goes, you know, shit like this is the reason the company's in the damn state it is. And people thought, oh, Hogan, he's unhappy really at the moment anyway. Mm. Played off a lot of real emotions. Hogan wins the belt, and then he just apparently walks off, and people are left wondering what's going on. The announcers don't know what's going on, because Russo, Bischoff, and Hogan, and Jeff had colluded in such a way that... They were working the boys. Yeah. Uh, the announcers didn't know what was going on. Okay. Jeff hadn't told people in guerrilla position what was going that's on. For, for all intents and purposes, they are like working everyone. Yeah, which makes that's why you get that maybe that authenticity. I suppose. Yeah, no, that's
2: quite clever actually. I like that.
1: Yeah. Now the plan originally was Russo wanted Jeff to win, to beat Hogan and keep the belt. Mm-hmm. Hogan's like, no, not gonna happen. Vince Russo comes to Hogan. He says, okay. Here we've booked this. Every fucking guy on the roster comes up and beats you down. You're, as Russo said himself, he was going to make him look like King Kong. Okay. He was going to battle the world, and then Jeff finally wins. And Russo had to send the, the script to Hogan for his approval because Hogan has creative control. Hogan says no, no good. So Russo rewrites it. This is like hours before the show starts Jesus. as well. Russo's rewriting, and he makes Hogan seem like a fucking the Death Star. He's destroying everything, even more than before, and Hogan still says no, not good enough. I think I should win. So then the last ditch effort, Russo goes to Hogan to his trailer. He's like, okay, what if we did it this way? And I come out and Jeff lays down and you're like... You know, this is bullshit or whatever. You win this match because Jeff went against the script or whatever. Mm-hmm. You get your creative control. You go off. Later on in the night, we'll set up a match for the real champion. Because we think, oh, you're not a real champion. You're a paper champion. Then you'll come back in a few months in time for the big event, Starcade or whatever. Champion versus champion. Mm-hmm. Hogan back on top. And Hogan was like, dollar signs in his eye straight away. Mm. Hogan thought that was a great idea. So Hogan up to this point... Good, good, totally excellent, yeah, excellent. I think that's. I thought it was a really good idea. Yeah, and it's very clever.
2: I'll be honest. The first time I saw um, Hogan shooting here, I thought it was a shoot. I didn't realize it was a word. He did an awesome job.
1: Yeah, very good. And also as well, I'll say for the point. Just from me, it was in, they were in a situation where they booked themselves into a corner. Jeff Jerry is a guy who a few months previous was losing to China on TV. Yeah. Even if you drop a bomb on Hogan, I'm I would find it hard. To see Jeff beating Hogan, yeah, not true. because yeah. I'm a Hogan fan, but because Hogan's position is this guy who just doesn't lose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what you know him as. They, yeah. So this, I thought, everyone wins.
3: Jeff sells it all really well as yeah, well because when, when Jeff stands up, because Jeff's mean, the professional. He, he, yeah. he's walking out. He's walking out the ring, and uh, he Algarina, looks ashamed of himself. He, he looks ashamed he? ashamed. he looks upset, and yeah. he refuses to turn around to confront Hogan. But well, this
1: is a big tenant of Russo. The worked shoot, Mm. taking what he claims—it's always a contradiction. He's like, "Oh, internet fans—they're only a small proportion. No one cares what they think." But he's doing storylines here. They're definitely tailoring into those fans, knowing their insider terms and their backstage scuttlebutt and all that. Here, this kind of thing—I think, yeah—that's a pretty good use of a worked shoot. Yeah, I liked it. Where the shit hits the fan, and he did it really bad in WCW is when you've got things like guys going, what's the finish for the match tonight? Yeah, Wait, you're beating me? One, two, three? No way. And we then... immediately get that here when Tony Schiavone goes, well, we've all been swerved. There like, are swerves, yeah. then there are swerves, and we've all been swerved. For fuck's sake. I don't like the idea of... There was one time when Bagwell like, held onto the ropes like, he went against the script! He beat him for real! For fuck's sake. Sake. And again, you don't have that filter with Vince McMahon. It's Russo Mania here. Yeah. That is why you get stuff that seemed to work in small doses in WWE and then it going off the wall here. And being yeah, fucking it. Oh, yeah, and then Vampiro wins the match because he just comes out. And comes there out. you go. He's yeah. back. It's grand. Out. Cuts a promo saying, talking about killing everyone's heroes. He's all dark and brooding, and then all the druids come out yeah. again. This is another Russo one. Russo and elements of the fantastique. Sorry, yeah. everyone's still not settled down
2: after the fucking the massive shoot we just had a second ago. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, I've got to find out what's about to happen. I need to know what what just happened just there. Was you know, is Hogan leaving? Is he staying around? And so they bring out Vampiro and a bunch of druids carrying a coffin. What the fuck's going it on? It very
1: much stank of like kind of ministry, like Russo loving yeah. his oh, yeah. Buffy the Vampire Slayer kind of sci-fi stuff to here. Do it again. What happens here? All the druids come out. All the I thought this was a cool moment when he opens the thing and Sting is inside and mm. then all the druids all have bats. Yeah. That was a cool image. But again, shitty production values. They have a look at him on the coffin for like five minutes. Vampiro just lays there. Eh. Can I say what I genuinely
2: thought was going to happen here? Because like, obviously we just had that bit with Hogan and Jarrett, and I heard there was more than one shoot going on in this. I, being genuine here, this is embarrassing to <laughs> witness. this, I actually thought that when Vampiro went from the coffin and Sting came out and everything, the commentators were making a big deal of like, well, that might not be Sting, he's wearing a mask, we can't see if that's Sting or not. I actually thought it was going to be Russo underneath. <laughs> <him>. <laughs> <laughs> he come
1: back and like, Listen here, Hogan, I'm not done with you yet, and like, carry on straight away. I could wait in this coffin all night if I have to. <laughs> oh God, here it comes. Russo, Not the character, the boss Yeah, for fuck's sake Vince Russo, I can hardly see you, you're blurring the line so much <laughs> <laughs> Here it comes, it's the promo, the mother of all shoots From
0: day one That I've been in WCW I've done nothing Nothing But deal with the bullshit Of the politics behind that curtain. The fact of the matter is, I've got a wife, I've got three kids at home, and I really don't need this shit. But let me tell you the reason why I did come back. I came back for every one of the guys in that locker room that week in, week out, bust their ass for WCW. I came back for the Booker T's. I came back for every single guy in MIA. I came back for Jared, I came back to the guys behind that curtain that give a shit about this company. And let me tell you who doesn't give a shit about this company, that goddamn politician Hulk Hogan. Because let me tell you people what happened out here in this ring tonight. All day long I'm playing politics with Hulk Hogan because Hulk Hogan tonight wants to play his creative control card. And to Hulk Hogan that meant that tonight in the middle of this ring when he knew it was bullshit he beats Jeff Jarrett. Well guess what? Hogan got his wish. Hogan got his belt and he went the hell home and I promise everybody or else I'll go in the goddamn grave. You will never see that piece of shit again. Amen. But I also, I sat out there with the people just like you and I know you paid good money to come here tonight and nobody is gonna be ripped off here tonight. So Hulk Hogan now has the WCW belt. And Hulk, let's refer to that as the Hulk Hogan Memorial Belt because from here on in, that belt don't mean shit! course, there will be a new WCW belt, and as far as I'm concerned, that belt still belongs to the one guy that busts his ass week in and week out in the middle of this ring, and you people can love him and hate him, but he doesn't screw anybody back there, and that's Jeff Jarrett. Hold on a minute. Jeff Jarrett is still the official WCW champion, but he will defend that title in this ring tonight. So tonight in this ring, for the WCW title, two deserving guys, Jarrett and Booker. Will compete for the WCW and they'll tear this goddamn house down. And Hogan, you big bald son of a bitch, kiss my
3: ass.
1: That is one of my favorite promos
3: ever. It's very, very. Oh, that good. was
1: amazing. Yeah, very good.
3: Very, very heartfelt on Russo's part. You can, yes. you can see. You know, he he does mean what he says. No,
1: that is. There's very much from the uh, the old school of wrestling promo philosophy there considering that in Russo's mind now this is a work what he is doing still a work to him yeah Russo's put a little salt and pepper on the plan so he's meant to come out and announce the match now this is where the lines start getting very blurry indeed because Hogan Bischoff and Russo all think different things at the end of the day what happens is Russo thought everyone was okay with him doing this promo Hogan claims this was never agreed to and Bischoff didn't know what was going on okay so you've got now Russo cutting a worked promo that really does touch on a lot of very, very real very, strong very was, real because you can just tell the way his voice quivers it's a great performance but he's tapping into a real he, he's laying it
2: out here yeah you yeah.
1: he went too far in their minds calling Hogan a big bald son of a bitch <laughs> WHOA! It's pretty,
2: is because Hogan's always seen as so untouchable. No one ever tries to make a fool out of Hogan or make fun of him or whatever. To hear someone call him a big, bold son of a bitch is so perfect. Yeah. You know, this
1: was before everyone was doing shoot interviews, this was before everyone had a YouTube channel. Vince Russo was, for my mind, the first man to call out Hogan like for you know the Hogan shit for the creative control and for holding down young guys and maybe it wasn't the right time and it was said in the wrong manner but it was awesome to hear someone on an actual show Mm. not just backstage alleging to say to see him go Hogan's a politician he's a bastard live on pay-per-view you know awesome wasn't really worth getting sued over wasn't really yeah. <laughs> yeah. Vince Russo was slapped with a defamation of character lawsuit. E. one of the biggest blemishes on his run in WCW once Hogan heard this he was like apparently he was in the limo with Bischoff first of all Bischoff's reaction was like that's it or big fucking angle the thing that or Wrestlemania or, or big yeah. plan is gone Just now six away. months of storyline gone also my friend Hogan is now suing WCW and my head writer who I meant to be working with yeah Oh my God! This is shocking. So awkward. Hogan's suing them. Bischoff thinking his thing's gone up in smoke, and Vince Russo is thinking, "All right, here we go." <laughs> Russo, oh. Russo, the angle of all angles. And Russo like said, you yeah, know, when he goes backstage. He's like, "What the hell did you expect me to do, Tony?" You know, he's all like throwing furniture around, working everyone still. Nice idea.
2: Oh, but in his head, this was like his Mona Lisa, wasn't it? This was going to be his ultimate. Like, this was going to be his like
1: turning around moment. Yeah. It's horrible But the, the 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 end result of this year take home Is that we now have Booker T and Jeff Jarrett I thought it was nice that Russo put them over For being hard workers Because yeah. they both are And it's the main event now Which is scheduled for later on the night The announcers say it's a shoot And Tony Schiavone turns to, Scott, to Mark Madden He goes Shit man How long we been doing this And then Mark Madden just goes oh, Thousands of years man <laughs> Fucking four months, you fucking <laughs> asshole! Seriously, yeah. oh man, I shouldn't shit on this job that'd turn you white. Come on, <laughs> like, seriously.
3: They really don't know how to react to to the shoot because because they they think it <laughs> they they see it as a shoot.
1: They would have reacted better if they had been told that it was a work. I yeah, think, yeah, they would have. But
3: like, it, say this example now when Punk did his pipe bomb, hmm. that was a work. That again, that was a work shoot, and. I imagine to a degree Michael Cole and uh, Jerry Lawler will have known what had happened and they just said afterward. CM Punk obviously not happy airing his grievances right there. What fucking Scott and Tony just goes is, look at the script. That wasn't on the script. We got the production notes right here. That was not on the production. Notes. Oh wait, don't show him the finish to the next match. Like, you know. it's like it's like they just completely fucking ruin it. The way
2: Tony Schiavone actually puts it is, it's almost like after the Hell in a Cell match at King of the Ring '98, because he's like smoking a <laughs> cigarette. Like. He's like Vince Russo just gave you everything. He poured his heart out for you in a shoot, as we call it in the wrestling business. Fuck off. Literally trying to teach the audience the uh, wrestling Man, t- imagine
1: right. they try and do something like that now where like 95% of the audience is like 10 times smarter than the average fan back then. <laughs> well, guys, I think that was a um, a shoot. <gasps> really? Here? At our show? <laughs> Alrighty, coming up next, it was the originally advertised main event of the evening. Heelberg taking on Kevin Nash. Ska Hall's contract is on the line. We have a video package saying this one up by the numbers yeah rubbish again Kevin Nash he's waddles out yeah. he's just not, not, he's not
3: willing to wrestle mumbles it. to
1: Scott Steiner like oh my man Scott's contract's on the line would you not come out and watch my back and Scott's like ah oh, yeah yeah it's fucking lads mumbling yeah I don't care I I under, realism yes but like realism to the point of tedium Come on. Boring. So Goldberg being a nasty heel, joining Bischoff and Russo. Boo Goldberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, um, everyone hates Goldberg immediately.
2: I guess it kind of works. I mean, it doesn't make sense for him to be a heel, but everyone hates him. Uh, as you can see from the signs in the crowd, you have got one that says, Greenberg is a seller. <laughs> fuck's <laughs> sake. <laughs> Uh, and Soldberg is my favorite.
1: Soldberg. Oh, they misspelled burgers. Yeah, they
2: right? put a U in burger instead of an E.
1: Soldburger. Try it now at Arby's. <laughs> Next to Soldberg, there we also have a really tasteless one: Scott Alka Hall. <laughs> oh come fucking on! Really horrible, horrible. And what I hate about this angle as well, like bringing Scott Hall's back, is that Scott Hall was no more coming back than the man, in the fucking moon. Like, I mean, <laughs> that, that was never gonna happen. Um, Kevin Nash. We have his uh, the pleasure of watching his match. I spent most of this match counting Kevin Nash's moves. Yeah, elbows. Was it really five or six, as Jim Cornette said? If you count the big boot uh, with the foot choke, it is. <laughs> um, so, but I mean, it, that depends on how you classify maneuvers, I suppose. Nash did do a choke some at one point. Yeah. I Whoa. Yeah. What was going on? There? Actually breaking a sweat, perhaps. And uh, Scott Steiner comes out to join his buddy, but the pace is, is atrocious in this. Three minutes in, you should not have Kevin Nash and Bill Goldberg doing double count-outs, but it's like, one! Yeah. Two guys, like, just started, like... I've had punch-out matches that have went longer than this. Like, <laughs> come on, lads. Steiner betrays Nash. Oh, no! Oh, oh god, sorry, sorry, that was the swerve, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm gutted, Kevin. Yeah, that's awful. All-you-can-swerve yeah. buffet. <laughs> no more Skull Hall, because we get a spear jackhammer. Goldberger wins... I like Goldberg matches that are squashes. I want to see him come in... Hammer someone in five minutes. Mm. I want to see him come in... Kevin Nash reluctantly take three moves... And then them lie down for the rest of it. And Goldberg tries to rip up Scott Hall's contract... Can't even do it And uh, I'm just thinking here So now Scott Hall Is gone forever Jesus Christ They're dropping like flies Hogan's gone forever Mm. Hall's gone forever The demon's gone forever (laughs) Sting's meant to be gone forever Ric Flair's buried In the fucking desert (laughs) I'm not fucking around Ric Flair got buried In the desert One of Russo's first thing He had the filthy animals Bury Ric Flair In the desert Jesus Until he could come up With something He just came back. That's (laughs) awful. He did in TNA as well. He had Samoa Joe jump by ninjas and just drove off in a van and he came back with a different haircut. (laughs) Tonight on Unsolved Mysteries. (laughs) Booker T is backstage. Cuts a quick promo. A good promo. A nice kind of a... There's an element of... Look lads, I know it's been shit but come on, we'll get through it. Muscle through. Jeff Jarrett, Booker T. Who's going to be the real champion? Michael Buffer is back. Yeah, two paychecks this way, I suppose. <laughs> and we get Tony Schiavone going. This match is actually real, folks.
3: Fuck off! Will you stop reminding us that it's scripted? All right. But they they also don't know. They keep getting confused. It says uh, so. Is is the belt va- uh, vacated? No. Russo said that it was. Uh, Jeff was the champion, so it's not vacated. No. no. Jeff never lost it. Are, are you sure? I'm a bit so confused. Yeah.
1: When the announcers, you'll find the announcers asking what seem to be rhetorical questions that are genuine kind of, we need to know this to keep going with the story, guys, and they're falling on deaf ears. Mm-hmm. Do you think Vince McMahon on the headsets would let announcers go, so why is this happening? And not let them know immediately yeah, exactly. and tell them to fuck off straight afterwards? I thought this was probably the match of the night, or, or tied with the... The Canyon Booker one. Mm. And again, because Booker is insanely over. I thought they wrestled a really, just an honest to goodness, no fucking around. It's just like, here's a fucking wrestling match. Yeah. At last. No, like, one minute in, someone appearing. You know, they were wrestling a good match. And it brought a tear to my eye to see people leaving as this whole match was progressing. Burned out. Towards the last segment of this match, I counted eight empty seats on the hard camera. The main camera angle, yeah. And that just breaks my heart because it's a genuine effort for yeah, them to kind of go. these
2: two deserve to have a great match
1: together. And they do have a great match together, but it's not getting noticed. It's horrible. Yeah. Like, WCW's fans, but like the reason why WCW like, died in that so quickly is that their fans were so fickle. They weren't loyal fans. Mm. ECW fans, WWF fans, who'd see their company go through dire straits, they would stick by the company for through rough periods. That's how you know companies like that survive during yeah. very shit years. WCW, they got a load of viewers in 1997, 1996, and then as soon as they didn't like what they saw, they fucked off, and they never watched wrestling again. Yeah. And companies have been chasing that elusive five or six million people. Yeah. Where did you go? <laughs> and yeah, it's, it breaks, it's really heartbreaking to see the lack of loyalty yeah. to the show. Especially for two talented guys in the main event like this. But you can't have loyalty for a product like WCW if... You've got maybe, what, Booker T, Goldberg, Sting, Flair. You can count in your hand the number of WCW guys, yeah, and that's why the crowd don't give a shit. We get the you know the the standard stuff in this match, you know, uh, decent ring work. We get a crowd brawl. The ring mic went at one point. Yeah, you just like the you couldn't hear any noise from the slams or anything. It was really a odd. Final slap in the face of audio production areas. Yeah. Tonight. Uh you know some big spots, pile drivers on the table, stuff like that. You know, that's uh, it's good. We get the false finish stuff again, though. With Jeff killing the ref. He just Same gives his bullshit. finisher. Yeah, and it's like you don't need this. You don't need to turn around. And just give your finisher it's tainting, to It's tainted. What was a nice match? We get a El Cabong attempt off the top rope, and then Booker T hits the bookend, wins. What remains of the crowd react very strongly. Yeah, it was a really nice moment to see out of what would become a very ugly situation for the company. Someone like Booker T getting uh, a moment in the spotlight. Yeah, and nice nod. Say what you will, and that here is my another tenant of Russo, another rule of Russo, the last one that I've got here, which is giving younger guys a chance and I might be weighing myself up for a lot of criticism for this but if you look on Raw and when we were reviewing the Val Venuses Christian mm-hmm. Edge Al Snow the guys who weren't known at the start of his run giving them storylines putting them on TV even with the, the Dudleys and the Hardys yeah. he would put young guys and give them a chance he wanted Jeff Jarrett to get a run with the belt in WWF. Yeah. Not because they're buddies, but because Russo felt that young faces helped his unpredictable style. And he saw something in it. And mm-hmm. I think this is one of the few times you get it in WCW, that certainly won't work because it's guys collecting guaranteed money who are yeah. just there for the check. So there you go Bash at the Beach 2000, in the sense of like a, trying to assess it fairly as a pay per view. We weren't watching it as a pay per view, but we we're trying to watch it to try and figure out Vince Russo and what went wrong. Overall, of the show, I did not enjoy it. Not at all. And I've, there's been a number of times, Smackdown is a good example, when I'm like, we're picking apart loads of stupid shit, and this is stupid, this is stupid, this match, is my son. But like, oh, I wasn't bored, and I was entertained for the most part. Were you bored at any point during this? Were you entertained throughout That's better than Match Light or MVP, I suppose. Yeah. That's a more important question.
2: I was entertained at points. There was some generally good wrestling in there, but I'll be honest, I was generally bored for 90% of this pay-per-view. I found it very tough to watch. Like you say, it's, it's hard because we're not reviewing it as a pay-per-view, as such as the, more of a reflection on Vince Russo. And the, thing, the, way, I, the way I think I will uh, sum it up with that is, um, just very quickly, like film director Wes Anderson, he like, has a very distinct style that he has about him. Everyone knows that style. He directed a film called The Life Aquatic, which everyone said was too much like him. It was like him trying to do his own style too much and it became too oversaturated and bloated this feels almost like Vince Russo is trying to be Vince Russo on purpose and rather than just letting it happen naturally he's like "Oh, people love this shit in WWF I'm gonna do it all the time there was a sense here. of urgency
1: because they're giving him so much money to make results straight away exactly. so he's hitting it fucking hard and he's probably thinking well this worked in WWF I got popular doing this so I'll, I'll do more of that and just like shove more and more and more of this I, and that's a problem so. as well because I mean if you were uh, if you were one of those few loyal WCW fans and you tune into Nitro I was like fuck this shit is completely different to what I used to watch my show yeah. where's my show gone where's Ric Flair yeah <laughs> but entertained, though, would you say you were? At points. Very, very little entertainment, to be honest, out of this. I really didn't enjoy it. I think, for me, a damning indictment was I was less entertained during this than I was throughout, like, the worst pay-per-views that we've done with WF. Because it felt like there was no Redeeming qualities no redeeming at qualities at times it felt like everything yeah. was, was being fucked up and that's not all Russo's fault Billy,
3: bored, entertained? I, I was bored at a couple of moments um, I was bored in the Chronic vs. Perfect Event match yeah. I was bored during Nash and Goldberg I was entertained by everything else I, I, Really? I, I genuinely was when I, when I wanted to review this and sort of go through this you know, watch it I I really wanted to try and watch it for what it was yeah I want to watch it for what it was as if you know I was in the 90s and I was just turning the channel over and I was watching this for the first time and I I, I tried to put myself in that mindset and I was entertained once I put myself in that mindset if I saw this now and wasn't as you know kind of smarky as we all are now you know I I would have torn this to shreds yeah I mean but I was entertained you
1: were entertained for that show but do you think were you like did the brand, like, capture you? Because you didn't really seem to have many strong thoughts on many of the wrestlers. So, I mean, would you see yourself tuning in week after week is what I I would say, like...
2: Considering I, that the actual was still being screamed at the same
3: time, I, like, this was a poor advertisement for yeah, the MCU, like the, yes. the only thing I'd want to see more of is more of the, uh, the vampire fighting a demon in a graveyard <laughs> Gen- genuinely just I want to see less of it Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it's fucking awful generally, but we had a moment in this pay-per-view where a vampire came out of a pond and pulled a kiss demon into it and the referee had to help him out. Of what water. the hell is you going know, on? I wasn't like I wasn't watching that and going for fuck's sake. I was watching this is brilliant. You know, so bad it's good. I was watching it from that sort of yeah. perspective. Fair enough.
1: Okay, let's try and come up with some closing thoughts on Vince Russo because there's a lot of positive things about Vince Russo I think we've hit a lot of them so far a lot of the things which weren't working here I think worked really well in WWF mm. and the strongest ones for me at least when defending Vince Russo would definitely be everyone having a storyline yeah. and the you know the young talent being pushed at times you know what I would find myself picking apart a lot of the Russo stuff we've reviewed in the Attitude Era so far you know the crazy off the wall ministry shit yeah, yeah. blah, blah. but you know what When I was a kid, when I was seven, before I started watching wrestling, I thought wrestling was fucking stupid. I used to laugh at World of Sport when it was on ITV. I thought it was so phony and so ridiculous. Mm. And he took a a kid who thought that, and through what he was presenting in 98, 99, WWF, he made me hooked as a wrestling fan. Because I'm like, oh, it's not just boring old men. It's crazy characters like Mankind and Kane and The Undertaker and there's Lightning and Magic and Vince McMahon and... ...beer trucks and stuff like that... ...I think the unpredictability... ...even though it can go wrong so many times... ...but guess what... ...Austin coming out in a beer truck is fucking unpredictable... Yeah, ...you know... Yeah. ...Vincent McMahon being a higher power is unpredictable... ...all the stuff which we've loved so far has been unpredictable and has been very much that Vince Russo style so yeah. that's a a big defence point for him
3: I think people very much remember only the negatives with Russo it's easier it's more entertaining too it's, to remember. it's yeah. easier because he's he's the scape Russo's the scapegoat he's the one like, yeah, easier. if there's something wrong with wrestling no matter where, whether it be WCW, TNA, WWF if it's bad oh it's probably Russo yeah. I don't think that's necessarily fair to say for
1: someone to say Vince Russo killed WCW is bullshit yeah. in my yeah. mind. It is a ridiculous accusation. He was there for six months. It was a horrible six months for the most part. Most of what he did didn't work. But man, before that he was being booked by Kevin by Kevin Nash, yeah, no. and after that it was being booked by Ed Ferreira and a few other guys, and it was ju- it was worse. So you know the company was the company was broken. I also think when people judge Vince Russo as well, they, they often get this idea into the head that like
2: one person can control so many different aspects of wrestling. It's not like, you know, WCW, things go wrong. You can't pin it all on Vince Russo. And by the same token, you know, saying how successful the action era was, you can't thank Vince Russo for all of that. But yeah. I think like you said before, the unpredictability and the method and the way he writes, when it's bad, yeah, it is bad. But I mean, when he does something that works and it goes well... It's so good. Again, it's the kind of thing that got me into wrestling mm. as well. I, I bet without Vince Russo writing, I doubt I would have got into wrestling during the Attitude Era like I did.
1: And Vince Russo never claimed that he went up to The Rock and say, be The Rock, or do this, or he do never, that. Yeah, he never created he, the character. Exactly. He'd go up to someone who was like, right, this guy clearly needs a little something. And that's where you get gimmicks being formed, like the oddities stuff like that. Gimmicks like Godfather and Valvinas coming up saying, right, these guys need a little something to help themselves get over. But Russo is also smart enough to go up to someone like a Steve Austin or a Mick Foley or a Rock and go, well, this guy knows what he's doing. Go out there and, you know. You do your own thing. You do your own thing. We can develop this together. Yeah. And I think everyone's always like, oh, Vince McMahon is the filter. Vince McMahon is the filter. Blah, 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 blah. I think it's not so much as Vince McMahon as the filter, but Vince Russo being able to work with guys who trust him and respect him in WCW, like Ric Flair, like and Goldberg and Hogan. Yeah. they were they'd spit at the man for fuck's that's sake. True. So I mean, that I think is almost as important as the supposed Vince McMahon filter. Definitely, because yeah. Vince McMahon's never going to sit down with a pen and paper and write a yeah. wrestling show. He's going to tweak and all that. So that's I think would I would say would be a defense of Vince Russo in some regards. I'd, I'd be inclined to yeah. agree. You know, we love you, Vince. You know, we truly do. But thank you for the memories, Mr. Russo, because we can never forget some of your true greatest hits. Booking Tank Abbott to be the baddest man on the planet, trying to get Tank Abbott to win the World Belt, booking yourself to win the World Belt, (laughs) booking David Arquette to win the World Belt and defend the World Belt successfully. Booking Juice and Thunder Liger to lose the IWGP war- title on Nitro to Hoovy Guerrero. That was bad. Making 2 Guerrero the juice and make fun of The Rock. Booking the No Limit Soldiers and Master P, a rap group who nobody cared to be the faces and make the rednecks be the bad guys live loves the rednecks. Ugh. That was stupid. Making an injured Bret Hart who have been concussed to fuck by Goldberg be in a hardcore match with Terry Funk that is bad booking Jeff Jarrett to be the top guy really forcibly in WCW really did backfire at the end of the day making Latino wrestlers wrestle in things like Pinata on a pole match putting AJ Styles and Frank Trigg in an MMA match in TNA that was stupid having an electrified cage match that was stupid as well Vince having a last rights match where the crowd chanted fire Russo the whole time and then try and claim that you didn't do it like you kind of did that was stupid (laughs) as well bash at the beach well you got suit afterwards so I could say that was probably a bad thing as well all the many many work shoots such as Goldberg leaving a match at one point and Tony Schiafani going thank God Scott Steiner had the balls to take the finish he's a professional oh, fuck, fuck. that was kind of thing I'm all right turning Goldberg heel was really stupid as well while we're at it as well in, uh, in TNA sports entertainment extreme which was Vince Russo's amazing concept he did in TNA which was that everything was a shoot no one knows what's going to happen he didn't know what was going to happen all he knew is that he was going to go out and it was going to be SEX, Sports Entertainment Expo! Oh, for Express. sake! Yeah, that worked pretty well until Roddy Piper came out in live pay per view and told you you murdered Own Heart, so you know, oh. that, and he didn't know that was going to happen. Holy fuck! So, yeah, as far as the old work shoot thing that we <laughs> that were talking about, <laughs> yeah, that did come back to bite you on the ass. Speaking of, like, just a visual that will be with us and sum up Vince Russo's bad side for for all eternity, coming out in a mobile at the end of the day (laughs) is not going to do you any favours when people are trying to figure out if you're a cunt or not. Also, having Hugh Morris' supposed dad show up and be all, like, you know, he's got Alzheimer's and has a banana in his pocket and all that stuff, and he's eating bits of pie on the floor, with no payoff and no reason, that was just... Kinda of stupid And all the, some of the old classic ones we came across in WWF Terry Runnels having a miscarriage seemingly mm. Then Terry Runnels being a heel because she lied about having a miscarriage mm. Having Road Warrior Hawk fall off the titantron, commit suicide and then say that draws pushed him and then go on a big thing about him being a drug addict while he was still battling the fact that he was actually a drug addict on TV! The incest overtones and so many of your angles which I suppose we could blame it on Vince McMahon but you should have stopped him in his tracks (laughs) Goddammit Vince! the brawl for all tournament and specifically us having to fucking what? the brawl for all tournament killing the career of Doctor Death Steve Williams and then in a roundabout way killing the career of Bart Gunn yeah. even though he did nothing to the service <laughs> Valvenus having his knob chopped off on live TV was pretty pretty stupid yeah. Valvenus, just the general continuous use of the word come as we've come to describe <laughs> is not a good thing the love gun was not a good thing All the racial stuff that you did in 1997, like with DX and DOA and the Nation of Domination, was so unnecessary and it just put a bad taste in everyone's mouth. No one needed to have a race war in 1997 in WWE. And while we're at it, fuck off. DOA? Seriously? (laughs) Racist or not? That never fucking worked. Everything you've ever put on a pole can go fuck itself. (laughs) Oklahoma. We talked about this before. Mm. Oklahoma. You can apologize all, all you really want to and you can say you've made peace with Jim Ross. It's still on TV. It's still there to find. It is the most tasteless thing possibly ever. Having the luchadors have their promos dubbed over in English with oh, for fuck's without sake. telling them beforehand. Oh. It was pretty much a slap in the face to the like the luchadors who had been a backbone of your company. For around 5 years Also as well While we're at it Final one It's a precedent That I think Vince Russo started And has been on For years and years Rehashing the Montreal screw job angle <laughs> Alright it's done And I reckon The reason why It's continued to be done Can be put in part To you Vince Russo So yeah You've had your defence But at the same time There are several thousand Bitter pills to swallow When looking back At Vince Russo what a career what a career I mean I can't say and I don't think any of us can say definitively yay or nay on the man there's plenty of evidence to say that he's a fool but there's a lot of evidence to say that the man did a lot of good work tough call tough call what What do do you you think oh that's brilliant what do you think we want to know what the glad gay community thinks of this head on over to facebook.com forward slash attitude era podcast did we give the man a fair assessment is the evidence for him on one side or the other incredibly strong should he be buried? Should he be fondly remembered? Or is he somewhere in that creamy nougat-filled centre that we think he might actually reside in? Head on over to at Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter. Keep in touch with us. Subscribe on iTunes. Leave a rating or review. That is the best way to help out the show. We've got some really nice reviews recently. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Helps the algorithm, as Cole Cabana would say. It's very much appreciated. Likewise, follow and subscribe on SoundCloud. If you like videos as well, head over to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash
2: Podcast. We've got some clips there of some of our favorite parts of previous episodes. Like, this.
1: comment, subscribe.
3: Yeah, and also check out our Vine as well. That is attached to our Twitter account that Kevin mentioned earlier. Good yeah, stuff on there. A-E Podcast. Uh, we're also on Botchamania, as I've said before. If you like things, head over to Botchamania. <laughs> in particular, things. our little section. Uh, We've also got an article written by Kevin in Calling Spots and a picture drawn by our own Adam Bibelou.
1: You say a picture, it's like you put on the fridge. Oh, it I don't know what the picture is, oh, is yeah, a I, am wait-
3: I am waiting for the picture of the picture. Oh, do I, I, I do not know what Wait, it actually, we
1: know we can do this, um, uh, actually right now. Do you want to see the picture? Yeah, of course. We're oh, still yeah. recording, guys. I know. It's a, is a reaction shot. It is, uh, this, this, this is it's the it's picture. It's Teddy's background, actually. Oh, I like that That's, That's really a good game. picture I like that a lot like that. Also as well The article in Calling Spots Is about Vinny Rue Where I kind of Discussed my uh, my history With the man So yeah Do check that out Also as well Final mention Driver Wrestling OSW We've teamed up We're on that website Piledriverwrestling.com Head on over You can get all our episodes there Direct play them Download them Do what you want with them And then head on over To the forum Drop your thoughts On the episodes Let us know If you have any ideas For bonus episodes We've got a thread there If you've got any grunts Matches you want to see Check it out All on the forum piledriverwrestling.net And that is gonna do it for me, Kevin. Me, Adam, thank God. And me, Billy. Okay, there to play us out. A tribute to the departing man himself, Mr. Vince Russo. This one is called The Spy Who Swerved Me. It's from our mix master, Chris Pilkington. We'll see you next time. I swear to God, you ain't gonna get no more Vince Russo pressions! <laughs> so you gon' like this one. <laughs> End on a high (laughs) note.
0: More real than I thought it would be. Two weeks ago, I left WCW, and quite frankly, I didn't know if I was going to come back. And the reason I didn't know I was going to come back or not is because from day one, That I've been in WCW I've done nothing Nothing, nothing,
1: nothing, nothing. I sweat
0: to the woods. Hold shit behind that curtain.
1: I sweat to the woods. Not-
0: nothing, 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 oh, oh, nothing.
4: Nothing.